molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. No hay nada que empezar. Yo te dejaré atrás. What is up, mi gente? This is your co-host, Luis Martinez, and this episode of mi gente is titled All About Brave Bird. We got a chance to speak to Alex Miranda, who's actually related to our collaborator, Dominic Lerma. And he has a production company called We Are Brave Bird. You can find him at wearebravebird.com. He had a movie at the San Diego Latino Film Festival called Decolonizing Dinner, which was a very interesting short uh, doc about the origins of a lot of uh, ethnic foods and how it's been you know, appropriated by different cultures and different institutions. It was a really cool, interesting chat. We also got to learn that he started off as a child actor being directed by none other than Steven Spielberg in one of the Jurassic Park movies. We'll, we'll save the spoiler alerts for which one it was. Um, but he has a really cool story about how he went from child actor to filmmaker to producer. And we chatted with him for the majority of the show. He also stuck around. We recorded this episode uh, several weeks back. So a lot of the stuff that we talked about afterwards was like the Dylan Mulvaney stuff. Um, some other influencer stuff that was happening at the time. But the interview and the information about We Are Brave Bird is super relevant. And it was a very cool interview. Uh, we had a lot of fun with Alex. So check it out. This is a throwback episode. So thank you for obviously listening, uh, for continuing to support me and this show. We're going to have swag. We're going to have events. We're going to keep this thing going. Two Latinos reacting to news and culture. As always, thank you for listening, recording, uh, sharing, all that good stuff. And as always, enjoy the pod. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. at Big Chief Burrito, live with you on a Tuesday. Yeah, double it up, baby, double it up. Mi gente show, live and direct from San Diego, California, the Burrito Lounge, Chula Vista, South San Diego, live with my co-host, Sofia Carrillo. What's going on, Sofia? What's up, Lou? Uh, Nothing much and also a whole lot, man. Are we getting into personal news right away? Yeah, let's jump right into personal news. We got a cool interview coming up in a little bit, and uh, we're going to get to that. Uh, we're going to be talking with the filmmaker from a movie called Decolonizing Dinner, uh, yeah. which was one of the uh, films from this past year's festival. Somebody that we met at the at the at the Latino Film Festival, um, and we'll be getting into a bunch of topics that I mentioned. Uh, we're going to be talking about Coachella, Baboni. We're going to be Baboni. talking about. Hellscape Watch, a bunch of other things. But yeah, let's jump into personal use. Live and alive, but what's going yeah. on with you? Live and alive, feeling a lot better. Um, I have a lingering cough, but other than that, I'm back to 100%, baby. Uh, yeah, and last Friday, the Padres had the Out at the Park game, yes. So, which is the gay event. Uh, it's really great. They give us these hats, and every year is a different one. So my backdrop is looking a little different. The new okay. hat is... This one, I just want to show it off. Ooh, that's this nice. is a, yeah, and it has a little pride flag in the bottom. What's that? Okay. Yeah, okay. it's a City Connect hat. So I'm collecting okay. them like uh, Pokemon. So it's great. Uh, excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent to hear. And then I'm a week away from Europe, so that's nerve wracking. Yeah, and exciting. Yeah, we're gonna be taking a live hiatus while Sofia traipses around Europe, 
and mm-hmm. you know uh we'll be yeah. we'll be we'll, we still we got a bunch of episodes so we'll still be dropping an episode every week and we'll mm-hmm. be having dropping clips etc and then we'll be back to live shows sometimes in may uh for me the only thing that uh is really just i've been super stressed about my dog because you know like uh like that's kind of like you know i got my stepson but i also got my puppies and my young german shepherd who was a craigslist shepherd who i took from somebody uh who they were going to give him away so i kept him um but i always knew that it's it being a inbred breed and a craigslist dog that he was going to have issues but he's every little thing he gets a nick he starts limping and stuff so we're gonna we're gonna probably send him down to a vet in the next couple of days to get him checked Uh, out my poor baby it just stresses me out at work i've been stressed and stuff but i've been dosing him up Mm -hmm. with some good strong cbd to sort of keep him calm in the meantime so my birthday is coming up so in lieu of uh buying me uh strippers or, <laughs> or weed which i don't need uh you know i'll take donations to the also uh medical fund so you know i was saving a lot of ones so i'll just i'll give you that we still might be able to go it's i'll make not, it rain on also how about that make it rain on also for example yes. so so yeah so that's basically it so i'm just a little stressed out if you see me turning around it's because i'm watching him move around and stuff and limp my little boy so, but other than that, you know, still working, still grinding, uh, working on the next projects and stuff like that. And yeah. um, one of the reasons that I'm that I'm working on the next project is, you know, being a curator at the festival the last several years gives me the opportunity to watch a ton of cool movies from Latino creatives from all over the U.S., Mexico, Europe, et cetera, South America. And, um, and all that gives me really good energy and positivity about you know, the up and coming wave of Latino filmmakers, documentarians, et cetera. But it also gives me, gets me itching to get back into the directors and writers chair. So, so that's kind of like, you know, I I still want to be, I still want to help with the festival and still will help with the comedies and stuff like that. But at some point I do need to, it's time to make the donuts again. So. Hey man. Yeah. As good a host as we are, uh, and as amazing curator that you are, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. You got, you got to put your director hat back on. We miss you. Yeah. Yeah. Filmmaker. I am a, I am primarily a filmmaker. Primarily that, a filmmaker. Yeah. And we started, I started the podcast, you know, during the pandemic and stuff. And the podcast going to keep going. Oh yeah. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. So we love doing that. Um, but, but yeah, we are going to try to, make a movie at some point this year so we're gonna get into it all right and on that note um we're going to bring in our guest this is somebody that had a film in the festival this year he was only Mm -hmm. in town for a couple of days we want to talk to him a day specifically about the movie that he made it's called decolonizing dinner uh and also about the indie latino film and documentary scene in the midwest i don't even know it's it's like the mid north so all the way from the cheesiest of states. Ooh. From Wisconsin. 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 Don't you know? <laughs> the land of Fargo TV. Yeah. Alex Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> He's like, what that intro? I love Wisconsin. <laughs> Hello, Wisconsin. Hello, Wisconsin. I don't know if it was that I had a really long day or it's the birch water that I drank, but man, I was like trying to hold in all my laughter because that was that was awesome. 
Uh, Sophia didn't. I, I I I made so many changes to the intro this week, but every time I would look over, Sophia was like right here on her phone posting. So I was like, posting. I'm sorry, but I did catch the Office one. I did see Michael Scott in there. I was like, you got Michael Scott? Did you see Baboni in there? I didn't. No, oh, you didn't see, we got Baboni and Zendaya oh. in there. We got the saw Zendaya, Michael Scott. That was an amazing. That was, incre- <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. an incredible intro. It gets increasingly more chaotic every episode. It's great. That was amazing. Yeah. But Bill, what's his name? O'Reilly. What's uh, Bill O'Reilly is the is, crazy. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly Favorite. is always going to be there. Um, but yeah, hey, thanks for joining us, Alex Alejandro, uh, all the way from Wisconsin, man. Yeah. Uh, let's jump right into it, man. Uh, Decolonizing Dinner. It's a short documentary. A couple of subjects. Um, where did that? Um, and it's basically a, a small doc, a short doc about the history of both um, Mexican food as well as indigenous food um, throw shown through some cooks and some sort of stories. Uh, I found it really interesting, uh, really easy to watch. It, I didn't feel like I was being lectured or anything like that. It, it, it struck a good tone. What was, uh, what, did, what, what, how, what, how has the reception been to the film um, at the festivals and stuff? And, and, and where did that, where did that come from? Thanks for watching. Yeah, the the yeah decolonizing dinner has been received really well um, across the country. Uh, so San Diego Latino Film Festival was our sixth uh, festival mm-hmm. for the season, and uh, we're wrapping it up in San Luis Obispo next week. So I'm getting ready to fly out there on Saturday uh, to to go show it at at the San Luis Obispo Festival. And I think they're planning a, to do some kind of um, collaboration with Edible Magazine um, from San Luis Obispo Edible Magazine edition. Uh, but yeah, it just did really well. Got into some really good festivals um, from from Oxford to to Nalif, New York. You know, the New York Latino Film Festival mm-hmm. to San Diego. It's all the way to the Pacific Coast. So yeah, yeah we were, we were across the Atlantic, all over. Heading back to, um, I'm assuming it got into the Wisconsin Latino Film Festival, <laughs> is that, right? Is that a thing? That can't be a thing. Is that, is, that a thing? A, is that a thing? It should be a thing, right? <laughs> it should be, but it can't be. Come on, is it? <laughs> Alex is probably one of the ten Latinos over there. Oh man! Oh it's, wow! He's like, like, yeah, it's happening right here in my house right yeah. now. I'm brown. You could never tell when I turn red, but right now right I'm now like turning tell. red. I'm turning red. That was a good one. I like that one. Yes, well, which is a good segue to the 2024 La- Wisconsin Latino Film Festival. Hell yeah, let's make but it let's, happen. Let's we jump leave. into that because we leave. Because uh, <laughs> we leave. Uh, we leave Wisconsin International Latino. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 let's jump into that because obviously that that's got to be something that um, that influences you as a filmmaker. How did you end up in Wisconsin, and 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 is there a, a growing sort of Latino community, or is it just a Mexican community mostly? That's a great question. Uh, most you know that we're everywhere, right? We're, we're all over the U S <laughs> yeah. no matter where you, when we're there, we're there. Um, uh, I would say mo- a lot of, you know, the, 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 the Latino population is probably biggest in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, I live 90 miles away from Milwaukee. Okay. Um, but you know, I live in Madison. Okay. And Madison's a very like, uh, um, oh, college town. 
College town. Yeah, there you go. So there's there's a lot of, you know, diversity in the student population, but they always leave, you know, go back to their countries and stuff. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's probably in, in Madison, probably more, more Mexican. Um, but I do know there are there are some there's a small Puerto Rican population, uh, some Colombians, you know, okay. So it's it's been yeah. cool. There's Guatemalans, Hondurans, yeah. Nice. So we got everything here. We got everything. And, it, and it's not like San Diego, you know. No, obviously, no, nothing's like San Diego. But um, and obviously, like when you're talking about the decolonization of like Mexican and Latino and indigenous food, it, it did, did did some of that idea come from you seeing how maybe Mexican cuisine or Latin cuisine gets bastardized over there or in different places? Did it, did it, did any of that sort of make you sort of want to sort of pursue this topic? Yeah, that's a really good question, Luis. You know, I, I can't take credit for that. Um, actually, what happened was Centro Hispano in, in my county here in Madison. So they're an organization that helps the Latino community and in and, and various ways um, from, from immigrants to um, just, you know, Latinos who are, who are looking for resources or help or want to get involved or connect with the community. They're like a hub. And so Centro Hispano has uh, every year this uh, special event, beautiful event called Evening of Dreaming. And that that year, 2022, last year, uh, they wanted to include some more about the indigenous history of, mm-hmm. our, of our shared Latino culture. And so uh, they invited two chefs to speak. One, um, Mexica, a Mexica chef, uh, that was Tony Gallardai, um, and he has a, a awesome restaurant in Milwaukee called Tavo's Signature Cuisine. Cool. And then they invited a Ho Chunk chef. Her name's Elena Terry, and so Ho Chunk is those, those those are the indigenous of Wisconsin, right? Like. Time memorial. They were here. Who knows? You know, they, they don't even know how long they've been here. Um, so it was really cool to see like the native history from the migration of coming from Mexico um, into like the Midwest, but then also hearing from the native of the Midwest region. And what both of them were doing was, I mean, and this was part of my job was to really try to understand their story. And this is the story that emerged, which was um, for, for Tony, a lot of the Mexican food has been colonized, you know, and, and, and so he was trying to trace the native roots of his favorite foods um, to its true history, not, not the European hybrid version that we all know today, but going back to the, to the original Mexica um, ways of cooking and then um, for Elena, she's been doing both traditional and contemporary native cuisines. And so she's been just, uh, she's like a walking, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what the word is. Uh, like uh, she's a, a knowledge bearer of, yeah. of native history and learning about all the ways that native communities traded. And so like, it's not a, you know, it's, we, we operated beyond borders. Like we didn't have borders, you know, there may mm-hmm. have been like territories, like, you know, like hunting territories or like hunting, you know, 
kind of like guidelines, but there wasn't really a border. There was a lot of trading going on. And you find um, there, I mean, today archaeologists and like historically they find native objects that would come from Central America or Mexico. They find them all the way up here in, in Arizona and in, 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 you know, in far north. Um, and so it's just kind of an interesting history that we just don't know very much about, unfortunately, today. And so both of these chefs, Tony and Elena, are, are really trying to, to bring that story back um, to so the So you public. run into them there and then that's kind of where the genesis is or the, or, or how did that, that, that How did it come about? Uh uh, oh, can you can you can you explain? I'm sorry, I don't think I. Understand. No, no. So they have this event and they bring these chefs out. But how does that uh, lead to the documentary getting made? Would you just start oh, talking yeah. and then yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't understand the question. Um, well, originally, what we did was create a live event, kind of like what we're doing today. Uh, so we had like a live event version of decolonizing dinner. Okay. But I saw another story that I really wanted to tell, which was more focused on, on their stories. And so I ended mm. up kind of um, re-editing a version for film. Mm. If, oh, if okay. Sense, if that makes sense. So in the original piece, there's like a, there was like a host in it um, that was kind of in line with the script for the live event. But, um, but this one, the one that you saw and what I submitted and is doing really well, um, that one is the 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 new edited version, you know, that's more of a film. Mm-hmm. You you got those interviews from 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 a like a Zoom interview, or did you recreate them? No, no, no. I I filmed them. They just created like slots in the live event to show okay. their stories. Gotcha. But um, I was like, man, I really want to tell this story like a little bit more like a film. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like uh, if we're talking in food terms, like a little appetizer, like a little palate. yeah. It was a teaser of it. Yeah, yeah. a little teaser because That's there's right. definitely definitely a lot more there. Um, was That's this right. like a like a one time thing for you, or do you want to um, sort of expand this and and make this yeah. into like a like a series or like a feature doc? What, what's your plans with that? Yeah, exactly. Um, I did see it as a proof of concept, kind mm-hmm. of like a teaser pilot episode. I could definitely see a, a docu series of of this, um, and I am working with Elena currently. We're, we're developing a larger story that tells uh, a deeper history of native traditional native cuisines. Yeah. Cause there, there is actually a, a movement happening right now in the U S where um, traditional native cuisines, contemporary native cuisines are actually being used as a, as a, as a way to heal from our trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a powerful story. So yeah. I'm working with Elena Terry to to do that. We're we're getting ready, um, and that's going to be epic. Yeah, I can see that totally becoming like a series or something. I think it's so important, like the story that is being told. Because I love how you just mentioned something about um, you know kind of dealing with our traumas. Because I think as a people who were colonized, it, it is very hard to to know that there were so many ingredients and such a rich cuisine and all of Latino America that was you know, sort of taken and then used in different ways. And as much as I love Italian food, it's just, you know, the tomato comes from, you know, comes from Latino America. So it's, so it's, it's one of those things where we have such a rich cuisine and yet 
the most Michelin star. Yeah. Where, where is it? Like the most we're Michelin star restaurants are in Europe, you know, they're exactly. not. So I, I do love this movement of kind of like, you know, using kind of re retaking, I yeah. guess our own cuisine. Yeah. Like why is aren't our cuisine at that caliber, which it exactly. should be. It should be. Exactly. Yeah. Have you always been a foodie? Are you like a quiz? Like, are you, are you a cuisine? Uh, I don't know. Like, are you well, good? I heard Where does the Europe. passion come from for well, you? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I heard you're going to Europe, so you, you're, you're going to uh, be enjoying some good cuisines over there. But yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've traveled a lot. I'm a world traveler. I love learning about different cultures. And, and I think one of the best ways that I get to learn about people is through food. And that's really mm -hmm. what I'm doing with film is like, I'm really trying to create a table for people to come together, get to know each other, build relationships. I'm trying to document that with film, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big foodie. And, um, you know, Tony, Tony was sharing some interesting stories of like menudo, for example, right. You think of menudo. So the menudo that we have today is like, uh, it's, it's a, a European version of a native, uh, recipe. Mm, and when, when they were first, the, the conquistadors were, were taking over, they were trying to find examples of our savagery to try mm -hmm. to like promote, like they're the civilized ones, you know, we need them to help us, right? And all that stuff. So what they said is that they that we were cooking um, soups that were made with human remains. And, and they, that, those were like, that's what they were, that's what they were. Yeah. Saying. That was a propaganda spread. Yeah. But it wasn't. What happened was um, the meal was actually vegan. <laughs> what? The original yeah, so meal the is menudo, vegan? Original menudo was vegan. And it was the, the conquistadors who added pork. What? You know, so they that's added wild. the pig, they added all the meat mm -hmm. and then they twisted it just a little bit to make it sound like, you know, we're, 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 um, can what is it? Cannibals, right? Yeah. And, and they're, we're out of control and we need to be conquered and we don't deserve the land. Yeah. So th this is, this is what Tony was sharing with me of an, an example of decolonizing a meal, which was just menudo, which is a, 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 you know, it's a dish we all enjoy. And I'm not, I don't want to bash the, 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 the classic menudo that we have right now, but there, there is a version that is, uh, you know, native and it's vegan. <laughs> yeah, the wow. No, and there is also like I mean, there's history to everything, right? So the fact that you literally just decolonized menudo—that's this yeah. should be a show. This should be something that you continue um, and have many, many episodes. Is Tony? Tony was the clarify. Is he the guy in the film, the the chef? Yeah. So Tony is. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's the Mexica chef. Yeah, the Mexica chef. And and you know, it's a beautiful story for both of them because from Tony, I, I resonate more with Tony because um, I'm native as well, but. I'm like Tony. I, I need to like go through three different um, or three different conquests to try to reconnect with my native roots, yeah. the, the French, the Spanish and the Americans. You know? oh. And so Tony was in that similar boat, you know, and, and he, he's learning about his ancestry as a as a father, as a grown up, an older person, you know. And uh, I think it's so important that he he was able to discover that and reconnect. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to reconnect as well. But, you know, it, you know, like Elena, she grew up in it. Yeah. It's, it's a different story. She has a, she has a different background in that. She's, she knows the language. She's, she's been more connected. I'm having, I'm trying to learn the language. 
-hmm. and I'm doing it like on my own, you know, she, she had more support with her family. Right. And so like, it's just, uh, it's interesting, right. We're, we're coming from different, um, histories, but it's all moving towards a good direction, you know, the the right direction. I, um, Oh, sorry. I just wanted to note, like, I love Elena when she mentioned the three sisters about corn, squash, and yeah. um, beans. It was, and I was like, yeah. wow, I never thought about how many plates can be made from just very, you know, those three, ancestral, yeah. those three ingredients. Yeah. The three sisters. And I know just like for Elena, that that's not even a ho-chunk, like, no, yeah. like um, practice. That's straight up, you know, um, Central America, Mexico, you know, that that's the origin stories right there for us. Yeah. That where we invented corn, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's incredible. Yeah. No, yeah, I had a I had a question about the um the locations. So are all both of these chefs were based in, in Wisconsin and um, the histories is about the native land there? That's correct. Yeah. The both chefs are in Wisconsin, Tony's in Milwaukee. Elena is in the Dells, the Wisconsin Dells. Um, With all the lakes and stuff, you don't typically imagine that in like when you think about Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wisconsin has more lakes than than Minnesota, and if there's any people from Minnesota, they might get angry. But <laughs> they don't have the Great Lakes, but they have many, many lakes. Right? <laughs> no, we, we have Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah, we have Great Lakes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do they do they have a Great Lake? I think they do. Possibly. I don't know. Pulls out a map. No, I don't know. know. All right, guys, we are live talking with Alex Miranda, uh, talking about his film, um, Decolonizing Dinner, which was Mm -hmm. a short film that's getting great review. Hopefully we'll be able to keep up with him talking about his film as it it goes to other film festivals. Look for it at the Wisconsin Latino International Film Festival in 2024. And uh, you can keep up with them by going to his Uh, website, which is uh, We Are Brave Birds. Right, better. I'll remove that. We are brave. What is uh talk about? Wait, hold on. We need to acknowledge that just happened. What happened? I couldn't hear it. What was what was it? You didn't hear it? Look! It was like we dropped our own hip hop album. Like it repeated on a loop. It was insane to hear. That okay. is amazing. I've never seen anything like Whoa. that. No, I think all right. I, I, something must have happened when I shared the that audio. Was, okay, but um, awesome. I'll I'll I'll, let, I'll watch it on the VOD. Um, yeah. But talk to, talk to us a little bit about uh, Brave Bird. Where did that come from? What is is that? Uh, what significance does that hold for you? <laughs> He's still stuck on the song. It was very impactful. I saw, I saw someone. Someone wrote ah ah. ah. <laughs> That's how- um, Brave Bird, yeah, Brave Bird, man. Woo. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try it again. I think it was because I was sharing my sound. Go ahead. Yeah, I think no, that's don't, what don't it do it was. again. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to share my. I'm not going to share my audio. I think it's I still, like, it's still reverberating in my okay. mind. Okay, there we Ooh, go. Okay. Um, no, so Brave Bird, uh, yeah, that's my my production company. Ooh, it's nice. uh, the name Brave Bird. Is from my ancestors, from the Huicholes, um, the eagle, the symbol of the eagle. It's just a very sacred image. And uh, from, 
from that history, if there's this idea that the 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 bird, the thunderbird or the eagle, it helps direct the sun, it 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 brings healing, it helps bring awareness. And so I thought as a filmmaker it was really fitting because I'm trying to bring healing through stories. I'm trying to bring awareness to each other, to the land, to our spaces through film. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I so love the name, man. That's Brave Bird. Can we get some merch over here? What's going on? Yeah, hell on? yeah. We're holding <laughs> out on us. <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously in terms of like, you know, obviously because you, you have the passion, you have the background to make these types of projects, but where did the passion for choosing filmmaking as your art for, for which to make these statements come from? Did that come out of early early age where you wanted to make movies? Did you, did it, did it, was it something that you were like, well, I want to tell these stories. What's the best medium? Oh, film or, or did, were you influenced early in your desire to be a filmmaker? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, a little bit like you, Louise, you know, when, when I was young, I grew up around films. So really spent a lot of time watching movies with my parents. With, um, and I, I remember when I was a little kid, I, I like cut out a little Oscar. Uh, from the newspaper nice. and a little like popsicle stick behind it and, and when the oscars came on like when they had like the best picture i would come up and be like oh i got best director or best picture you know stuff oh. so i was already doing that as a little kid and my father gave me a camera a camcorder when i was maybe like i don't know let me play with a camcorder when i was like six or five something like that mm-hmm. and so i would make these little films with my neighbors and and they were always like ninja films or like (laughs) nice you know stuff like that the kids would do um so i've been doing it for a while and then when i was eight um i got into acting Mm -hmm. and i was a professional actor for 15 years and so i got to witness some really amazing directors got to work with steven spielberg uh you know, got, got to work with amazing actors, um, producers, Where, writers. What's Spiel, Spielberg on? What, what, what movie were you in? Yeah, this is, this is like um, blackmail now for me. Like I, I was in a film called The Lost World. Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was a little kid. I was a You're little. You're Velociraptor kid. number three. What's going I on? I was yeah. uh, eleven years old. I think eleven or twelve. Eleven going on twelve. Okay. Oh my um, god, that's so cool. And I got to be in the lost world. It was really fun. I had a great time. Were you in LA or how did you get into acting? How did you make that occur? I was, yeah. So I'm originally, I was born in LA mm, okay. and I was an actor. I started when I was eight and I was in it for 15 years, but this is the, the kicker for eight, for 15 years, I was cast typed. Mm. And that's, that, that's the beginning of me getting into directing. <laughs> yeah, because we got to make our own roles if we got to, you know, if we want something good. Is this it? <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Holy I'm, shit, we got an A-list celebrity over here. I'm good. I'm good at the internet, guys. I'm sorry. That was amazing. How'd you do that? that fast. See, I didn't even want to say it. I didn't want to say it. I knew it. I knew it when you did that whole natural organic remix i was like oh man he's gonna get walker that. texas ranger look at yeah. you <laughs> yeah, I to some really cool people chuck norris and jeff goldblum and 
What? That's awesome. That was a lot of fun. I, I loved acting, by the way. I, mm-hmm. But I but, when I was a young kid, I, I kind of felt like, this is weird. I always keep being, I'm always the gang member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that those are the beginnings of like, oh man, I want to tell different stories. Mm-hmm. And so I went to film school and, and then uh, I came to Wisconsin as a creative director for an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. And I started directing commercials, started concepting a lot of like uh, advertising pieces. And that's what really kickstarted my, my directing. But like any, I don't know if, you know, you, you guys probably do commercial work too. It's not very fulfilling. And so I, I really wanted to tell deeper stories. So that, that's what made me get into these like more deep, provocative, visceral filmmaking. Okay. That's awesome. Look at you. That's, that's, so you took your, your, your experience as an actor. I mean, what better way to learn than being on set with Spielberg, set, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true that I, I was in it for a while. So I didn't have a normal childhood. I was on sets, you know, traveling, filming. Um, and then I went to film school as well and uh, and studied at the American Society of Cinematographers. So I, I do a lot of my own filming. Um, I, I'm very, I, I love to tell stories. I love film. It's, it's my thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think one thing to to note, though, is I really believe that if we can see it, we can be it. And so if all we see for 100 years is Latinos or Native communities always being the drunk or the gang member or the the criminal, mm-hmm. that's it, we, we end up reflecting it, you know, and yeah. I think there's a lot more to our stories. So that's what I'm hoping to do with Brave Bird. I'm, I'm trying to tell stories that are authentic and stories that depict our dignity. I love that. I love the purpose and mission statement of Brave Bird. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes next. What, as far as decolonizing dinner, um, I know you want to continue with that. What else are you um, looking for, looking to do in the future? Oh man, I'm, I got some really cool projects coming up. I'm really super, super excited. Ooh, I'm really digging into, I'm, I'm like, I'm going deep into native. Like I'm going native. I'm going all native. <laughs> yes. That's somebody I mean, has to. There's not enough people telling stories, native stories. That's yeah. I mean, th- this is what I'm really I feel like a lot of my life has been leading to this moment. I've been trying to piece together this puzzle in my life um for a long time. And I've been meeting the right people along the way. You know, the spirits know, the holy ones know when you when you're trying to reconnect and they, they put you on the right paths. So it, it just happens naturally, you know? So I, I, I think the creators is navigating my life. And so I'm, um, I'm really leaning into telling native stories. Uh, what do you I'm, feel about, uh, like, I, I want to ask you how you feel about two specifically sort of native theme stories. Uh, the first is uh, Reservation Dogs on Hulu. How do you feel? Yeah. About awesome. Incredible amazing. show. Am I right? Oh, amazing. I loved it. My wife and I, we watched it all like in a week and we were like crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it's such a beautiful show, but it's also very real. It doesn't necessarily have yeah. to be, but it is It is a, a good representation of Native culture, I think. It's beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> and then how do, you, 
How do you feel? You haven't seen Reservation? I gave you a fucking no, I Hulu haven't. I know. I was like, I said on Hulu. I wrote it down on my to watch list. It's I on here now. It's Hulu login. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm but serious. Yeah, not good. Because I, I didn't have Hulu. Hold on a second. We, I, we, I needed second. to watch something. Change password, press. log off on all the. <laughs> no, no, Lou, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's all right. And then something else that's, and then uh, how, how did you feel one about Weatherford Falls, which is mostly like, I think it's mostly white, white writers, but it's one of my fa- most favorite, <laughs> it's one of my favorite writers. It's one of the creators from The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I saw that, I saw that one. Um, that, it's hilarious. Rutherford you- Falls. Rutherford. Rutherford. Rutherford, okay. Rutherford, it's like R-U-T-H. Rutherford, okay. Yeah. It's gotcha. basically it's like Madison. So if you if you watch it, that's <laughs> that's Madison. That's Madison. And then um, how did you feel about something like Apocalypto? Apocalypto, Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah, Chase movie, but it's very yeah, sort of yeah, bastardizing. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm. yeah, I I, I want to say these are like little victories, you know? Yeah. Um, like I, I like. When he did it, they weren't doing it, you know. Like no one was making those stories. No, right. it it took a white man to do it with with very famous white man, which is fine. But, but you know, he really gravitated to the story. He executed it amazingly. There was a lot of a lot of victories in that film. I think it's one of the first digital films. Like when when they were kind of moving away from from film into digital, it's one of those early ones. Um, the production design was extraordinary. Like. And they were very, very intentional about trying to to represent um, that that native empire. Um, I think it was I think it was Mayan. I think it was the I think they were trying to emulate the Mayan. I can't yeah. remember if it was Mayan or Aztec, but um, I know they were trying to trying to emulate it as 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 much as they could. So there was a lot of victories, and and it also showed that people liked it, like they liked the story. Yeah. And I think that that's a victory because it could help open doors for us to, to, to tell them more, you know, Um, you know, I guess today with everything that we've been seeing and what we've gone through and we're, we're kind of maturing, I'm maturing as a filmmaker, you know, I, yeah, I wish that there were more native filmmakers making films like that. I think it would be, I think it would be different. I think it would have a different rhythm, a different tone, different meaning. One of the things I like the most about Reservation Dogs is that they went out of their way to make sure that yeah. the, the directors were all, you know, native, native or, you know, yeah. writers, Oklahoma, et cetera. Yeah. Now we we uh bonded over our love of fitted hats at the festival. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, we met, as, we, as we met. But we have a segment that uh is usually called Should I Buy This? But it's actually change it today to uh should you buy this oh okay yeah, so should you buy this so the next question is should alex buy this hat let's see uh this one this one is called gotta this, be, is, uh, this is where i get all my fitted hats this is the clink room uh, and they have some pretty cool one but i just saw this one right here that's got like a native theme i love it whoa and it's uh called blessings and oh, it's, it's gl- uh, does it glow in the and then yeah, and I think it. Put it in the chat. The what? Whoa! He should buy it. Put that in the chat. My wife is gonna hate me that I'm gonna buy this. Yeah, no, yeah. No, just well, put it on your like so, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we really need another hat? Yeah, no. I took. A, I have so many of these, but no. Nah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not native. So I mean, so I wouldn't buy this. But I just saw this and I was like, man, this would be a dope. Ha- this is a dope ass hat. You should buy it. it. You should, you should definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna put the link in. 
Clink. But I mean, if your wife wants to send me a size seven and three quarters, I'm also, not going to say no. Clink Room should start sponsoring me hint the show. I'm just saying we talk about them a lot. That's true. We no, no, the, the one I the, the one I'm looking at is either this lion one that's pretty cool or uh, oh this bear picnic one is awesome. Oh, but, that one's uh, awesome. I like this one here. This uh, this this mech this like because it's got oh, the, yeah. the, the different um, the mecha panther. That's yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah. This is awesome. Just get yeah, all these yeah. tattooed. No, no, I mean, they're really I just, cool designs, actually. Yeah, they're cool designs. Wow. I love oh, it. Yeah, this one, this one too. This one also could be. This Holy one could be you. Cow. These are yeah. fitted, huh? Fitted. Yeah, yeah, these are fitted. What size hat you wear? Oh, 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 oh. That's Ooh. totally me. Yeah. That's like <gasps> one of my spirit birds, man. The hummingbird. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. bird visits me all over the world. Okay, then he should buy this. Like when I see the hummingbird, I'm always like, I know, I know the holy ones are, are here with me. I put it in the chat. I'm also supposed to send you the link in the private chat. So hold on, put you put you up on that. Put you up on that. Put you up on that. Yeah, uh, uh, this must be like Quichol or or I wonder. I will let you know though that the thing about the clink room is, and like for example, I, I got this hat from them, and I got uh, this other one. This uh, this uh, this. Uh, this is another one that I got for them. The uh, oh, this, nice the grass dancer one. So I love their concepts, and I also got this one from them, the shark. Wow! So the only thing is that they do yeah. one-off designs, and then they once they get enough orders, they go to production. So it does take you a few months to get your hats. Just FYI, amazing. But once you do, nobody else has it but you, basically. And I'm what? pretty sure no nobody in Wisconsin is going to, huh? Is that is only one of those? No, 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 no. I'm saying like they do the designs, they pick the best ones, they do pre-order, and then like wow. six months later, you get your hat. So oh, I love it. I love so if anybody it. ever wants to buy me a present for my birthday that's coming up, it's a size seven and three quarters or size. No, seven you're six seven months eight. too late. Your birthday's on Tuesday. Wait, what's, but, the, what's but, your size? What's your size? Uh, I I go I depending on how I have my hair. Mine is like seven and three quarters or seven and seven eighths. I used to be a size eight, but I guess my head's gotten a little smaller. <laughs> I can, but I can't wear anything below a seven and three quarters. Okay, hey, I'm losing weight. That goes in my head as well. Hey, Yay. sorry, we got a little distracted <laughs> here because we were started talking about hats. Yeah. Which is a uh, a shared passion of myself and Alex here. I all right, guys, it. we're we're live with Alex Miranda all the way from the cheesiest state of all, Wisconsin, and his mm -hmm. company, uh, Bray Bird, his movie, Decolonizing Dinner. Uh, very important topic. Hopefully, we're going to get to see. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch, go ahead and leave a like, share the stream, mm -hmm. let everybody know you're watching, leave us a comment if you would like to just say hello. Um, and, and we'll get to you if, you have, if anybody <laughs> yeah. has any questions about, I'm not even going to read the comment. I'm going to show it. I'm doing it. Smell it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Listen, man, Alex said, that's a good question. Like six times. And I, my hat almost exploded. Yeah, almost, it was, I, he said it so many a, times. I was like, stop it. I'm, I'm almost going to say, see every time, every, that's why I have seven and three quarters to size eight. Cause every time somebody says, that's a great question, Lou, my His head, head gets boom, 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 boom. Yeah. My head gets a little bit big. It was. It was a good question. I had to think about it, but it was right. tricky. Uh, okay, so you've been you you were an actor. You've been in major motion pictures, and you know you go to film school. You decide to end up in Wisconsin. What is it about the state? What is it about the area? Is it the space? 
Is it is it is it almost sticking out and not being like everybody else? What is it that keeps you there after you sort of move there for work or whatever purposes? What it, what is it that kept you there? Was it love? Was it love? <laughs> I, I wish it was that. It I must have been love. I met my wife in LA. Oh, well. Okay. How'd you convince her? Damn. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um that's your you cousin, know, Dominic? You, is Dominic your cousin? No, it's not. I believe that's my cousin. Dominic Lerma? The Lermiest? Dominic. I do have a cousin named Dominic. Is his last is, name Lerma? Is he in San Diego? He, he lives on Lerma Street? It might be. That'd be it might be. It might be. I do, have, I do have a cousin named Dominic who, who grew up in San Diego. Bro, do you, that's him. Does I don't know, like, Lerma, uh, Lerma, Dominic Lerma. I don't know. Is he, does he have does curly he, hair? <laughs> it's totally him. It's oh totally my wow. God, you're part of the family. Oh my God, you're part of the Lermas. The Lerma is like, and everybody, uh, Dominic, totally is anybody in San Diego, Dominic has a comedy show on April 22nd at Chiva Hut. What? So if you're in San Diego and you want to go see Dominic make funny stuff happen oh, on shoot. stage. I didn't even know he's an actor now. Comes to yeah, he's, cousin. Cousin. He's, a, he's, yeah, he's, he's he's been in most of my movies actually. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was Are in you the, serious? We co-started a movie. Yeah. Wait, are you crazy? Oh my gosh. Uncle Mondo. Oh, oh my god. You, it's so good to, it's so, well, I can't see you but it's yeah. so good to read your text. <laughs> it's so good to catch up. <laughs> my cousin for sure. We grew up together. Okay, look at you. Yeah. All right. Damn, look, yeah. it's, a, it's a family reunion. We didn't even know this when you when we set this up. That's it's amazing so that he's been in your film. That just brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah. Dominic oh, has awesome. been in uh, probably about seven to ten of my movies. Yeah. Oh, like, well, in, well, including well, two, well. Including two of them that were at the San Diego Latino Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dominic, we got to you got to I got to get your info, man. Yeah. yeah I got to get your, your your contact yeah. info. Yeah, Here, I'll, I'll, I need to chat it. I need to chat it to him. The family reunion. Wow. I mean, Hinter- oh, you, got, you, got his, you got his info. Yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get you guys yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Trust oh, me. Yeah, I love you, me. brother. I love you. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. Look at that. Look at that. It's a family beautiful. Reunion. Wow. Look this is a beautiful hey. episode. Hey, look at this. Dominic yeah. stopping by the stream. What's up, Dominic? Dominic. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. All right. If we could refocus now after our hat conversation and our family reunion here. All right. There we go. Back to center. <laughs> what a great! This is amazing. So you um, you meet your wife in LA, and then you decide to stay in in Wisconsin. Let's take it from there. That's where we were. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I get I get hired as a creative director. I get I get pulled out there, and and uh, I, basically what happened is I met this amazing woman. I wanted to marry her, and I didn't have a job at the time, and so I was like, let's go. And so I started applying to all these jobs, and one of them was in Wisconsin as the as the CD. And so uh, I took it, and then I proposed to my wife, <laughs> my then my then girlfriend. But and then I was like, okay. And then I moved, like in a day, I like left right Look, away. I want to marry you, but it's in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, but it, yeah, I did. Yeah, that was the big test. Will she come? She did. So um, she she came out here, and we've been married. We're gonna celebrate our tenth wedding anniversary. Um, and uh super exciting just uh we had we just had twin boys so oh. it's been a, a a big 
big thing. What a wholesome episode. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the twin beings. Yeah. Congrats on 10 years of marriage. Look, nice. The good thing is you got married, you got kids. The bad news is now you're going to have to put Dominic in one of your movies. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great news, man. Yeah, I love <laughs> you, man. I love you, Dominic. Look at that. I can't believe it. That's amazing. I know. We've all had to do that. It, it happens. We've all uh, <laughs> We've all been just, there, man. I'm just messing with the learners. The learners. Um, all right. Well, uh, basically, um, you know, the the blah, blah, blah. sorry. Um, I know you had some questions for us, Alex, and sometimes we allow the guests to sort of take over and be the interviewer uh, once we get our questions out of the way. So the floor is yours. What would you like to talk mm. about? I know we sent you some links to some of our stuff yeah. and you had a couple of questions. So you can ask myself or Sophia anything you'd like. Yeah, well, I was I noticed that uh, Louise is a director. So and your the films that are on your website are pretty interesting. You, I I wonder so like is the bicycle thief kind of an homage? Yeah, the bicycle thief which Dominic was in. That's your cousin uh, by the way. That's that's, that's 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 Dominic in there. Um yeah. the the bicycle thief was a sort of a combination of an homage to the bike thief as well as to um, the Thin Red Line. Whoa, Terrence Malick. Yeah, to the Thin Red Line. I just, I just love the idea of, um, I love the idea of poetry in movies, and uh, and I love the idea of, of of visuals set to poems, and and I love movies that take their time, and and the Thin Red Line is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And, okay, that's another thing we share. Yeah, so Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick, yeah. So I, I sat through that three hour plus movie twice as well in a theater and oh, uh, I love it. I love I love it. I mean it's almost I almost like and it also it, it didn't get a lot of love because it came out at the same time that uh Saving yeah, Private yeah, yeah. Ryan did. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But but yeah, so the, the bike thief was and it's also based on a true story because my and father like Kundun, do you remember Kundun? Yeah, like Kundun as well. Kundun came out at the same time as Seven Years in Tibet. Bradford. Yeah, and then there was a t- the two pre-Fontaine movies that came out at the same time as well, uh, the two running movies. No, um, and then, like I said, it was based on a true story. My father, uh, when we lived in New York in the 80s, used to buy my bicycles from a crackhead who would go to the park and pretend to be, you know, slow to get kids to trust him. And then he would steal his he would steal their bikes. So it was based on a true story uh, that my dad wow. used to tell me. And then we built the story around this uh, drug addict that's sort of like on his last, you know, not he's not at rock bottom, but he's sort of heading towards rock bottom. And uh, Dominic was actually the perfect person, even though he couldn't speak Spanish, to play that part. Um, and then we got Jose Yenke from Traffic and from a bunch of other big movies to do the voiceover. And uh, and then it's screened at the San Diego Latino Film Festival during COVID. Um, they had a special event where they had uh, movies on uh, at the drive-in. So I got to we got to watch that one at a drive-in theater. So yeah, dude, that's awesome. So okay, Terrence Malick, Bike Thief, homage, true story. Who, what are some other filmmakers that influence your work? Hmm. For myself, um, I think that Terrence Malick, um, I grew up with a lot of uh, like 
I don't know. I guess, I mean, Tarantino's an obvious one. Scorsese's an obvious one. I guess um, Terrence Malick and, um, you know, I really like um, Michael Mann. Michael uh, Mann, yeah, like yeah. Michael Mann, he, he yeah. obviously uh, just, I, I, I grew up with a lot of classics that I watched over and over. Yeah. But yeah. if I went to like smaller filmmakers like Mike Figgis, um, Mike Figgis, Terrence Malick, filmmakers that like to sort of let the movies breathe and stuff, take their time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those are some of my favorite movies um, and some of like my biggest influences. Amazing. And what about you, Sophia? Because you're, you're, are you a filmmaker as well? I mean, I thought there was a film that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm an actress first and foremost. Um, uh, I think the other positions that I've done in filmmaking, I've been a PA few times uh and then i was a second ad for a music video one time so that was that was when i realized that i would be an awesome ad and i might want to pursue that as well but acting comes first always wow i've i heard that people that you know the ad's they that's a tough one that's it's so hard but and it's high stress but it's so freaking fulfilling and like, you know what I noticed is I one of the main reasons why I really enjoyed it is because I'm a control freak and um, the AD is controlling everything that is happening. And they are the they are the person that knows what is happening all, see, all, yeah. all yeah. over set. Yeah, there yeah. were so many secrets that we kept from the director because we didn't want to stress her out. There were secrets that we kept from, like all departments. If there was a fire, it was like Sophia and then the first AD. We were putting it out every, and keeping the peace. And it was just so exciting. Oh it was like, I really loved it. Um, and then I definitely I'm writing I'm working on a script right now that I started writing because I wanted to have roles for myself. So I saw myself as the leading part. But now I'm starting to think that I might want to direct it. I think I'm a little too close to it. I think it's my baby. And I and I want to I think I'm going to I'm going to cast other people in it. And I might want to direct yeah. it. Um, I got I got one more question. Um, this one's for Luis. Uh, top five films you would recommend me to watch. I never ask what's your favorite movie just because mm. like I feel like that's a little unfair. Like, yeah, good films. That is a better question than favorite movie. Top five films that I would recommend you watch if you haven't watched already. No, no, just just uh, doesn't matter if I've watched them or not. Even if he has, just okay. recommend okay. five. Recommend films. five films. Okay, if I could, if I had to recommend five films, mm-hmm. clip this, Sophia. Uh, okay. <laughs> Damn it! I don't have my uh, pen. Continue. All right, five, five films to recommend. All right. Uh, Recently, um, okay, one of my favorite art films, if you like Terrence Malick, if you like that, would be uh, Basquiat, which is about the painter, uh, the, paint, the, the painter Jean-Michel Basquiat. Uh, he... Um, I'm, it down. I'm writing it down. So it's, uh, I think, 1998. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, Gary Oldman. Uh, there's, a, there's a shit ton of really... Uh, David Bowie plays... Um, Love David Bowie. David Bowie plays uh, the painter. He plays uh, the pop artist from Pittsburgh. What's his name? Um, you know what I'm talking about with the hair and the pictures and the Campbell soup cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Andy Warhol. He plays yeah. Andy Warhol. David Bowie plays Andy Warhol, but it's a movie about Jean-Michel Basquiat. The painter is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, very recently, that's made my list. Um, you, do you like uh, Japanese films? Don't, don't worry. You just sell, you just tell me. Don't worry. Yeah. If, Thirteen if assassins. Thirteen assassins. Thirteen assassins. I have it. Yeah. Thirteen assassins is, is 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 pretty much. Uh, that's this is for everybody. If you haven't watched Thirteen Assassins, um, everybody knows uh, uh, Mike, 
the uh, Takashi Miike who did uh, who does a lot of crazy ass movies. Uh, but this is like I think Chef's Kiss. The movie, the third act of the movie is one long samurai battle, and it's an incredible, incredible film. I would go with that one. Um, if I had to go three more off the top of my head that have been sort of in my mind recently, uh, let me see. I don't know. Monty Python, Search for the Holy Grail is a classic. Let's go old school. (laughs) You know, that's probably where a lot of my comedic stuff comes from. Um, that I've seen, let me see. I I went old school. How many are we down right now? We're We're, we're down to three. three. We got three, so we're gonna do two more. Two more, two more. Um, the original Creed is recently. I just watched Creed three and I liked it, but I had to go back to Creed. The first Creed is so so great, really so good, good so good. I remember, Creed. I was like, this is nice. Yeah. And then we're gonna go with another movie that I highly recommend recently is Come Hell or High Water. Oh which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of like a western bank yeah. robbery stuff. Like yeah. That. Yeah, obviously the basics. Heat, The Godfather one and two. If you haven't seen those, obviously anything anything like that is there. But 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 recently in my mind, Basquiat I always recommend. Thirteen Assassins I don't I always recommend, and then the rest are just kind of like part of like my top 15, 20 that are that are there. Awesome! Nice. Thanks for sharing, man. Noise, noise. <laughs> All right, we're hanging out live with Alex Miranda. Uh, you can catch his film uh, "Decolonizing Dinner" mm-hmm. at different festivals, and hopefully, we'll we'll be able to watch it soon. Uh, we'll share it if he ever does make it public for people after his festival yeah. run. Yeah. And you can keep up with him at Brave uh, Brave Bird Productions. Uh, and uh, he'll soon be rocking one of those hats that we dropped in the chat yeah. there earlier. Um, sorry to his wife. Sorry. And apparently, he's. <laughs> He's cousins with Dominic, who's in on our movie, so it connects yeah, us very. Cousins. It definitely connects us. Um, you're still you. You're good to hang around for a little bit, Alex. We're going to jump into some other stuff, or or what? What's your time? Frame uh, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit. All right, um, excellent. I think one of the twins might wake up soon, anyways. Oh, well, he's a busy out. parent, man. He's got the twins. Yeah. Um, now, we, now Dominic's now, now Dominic's going to be uh, crashing on your couch when he goes out to Wisconsin for a comedy show. <laughs> So we're going to get that going for him. All right, guys. Uh, well, let's jump right into it. It's time for what is it time for, Sophia? Hellscape, uh, Watch. Hellscape Watch. As the world burns around us, we are here. I meditated. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) What's going on in the world? Uh, No, let's jump into some writing news. The Writers Guild of America has authorized a strike. So I don't know how familiar you are with what's going on. But basically, um, the WGA um, has uh, has voted 97.85% for a strike. This doesn't mean that there specifically will be a strike. But they've authorized it. So basically, obviously, back in the day, if you were a writer on a TV show like Friends Mm -hmm. and that show got picked up for syndication and it was always in syndication because some network or another was always going to be buying it and repurposing it. Every time that would air, you would get money. So if you were a writer on a hit TV show for several seasons, you would get residuals, residuals, residuals over and over and over with the advent of streaming. 
basically what happened is, uh, let's say a TV, a company like Netflix, let's say you were on a show like uh, you wrote for a movie like, um, what was the the, um, the the one with Sandra Bullock, the bird movie, the birdhouse? Oh, yeah, the uh, bird box. Bird box, right? Mm -hmm. And then if Netflix was the studio that made that movie, if they sold it for syndication, then you would get money, blah, blah, blah. But what's happening is that, for example, Netflix doesn't have to sell that to anybody. You know, when HBO does a show, they don't have to sell it or repartition it. They just put it on their own streaming software. And so what that meant is there was no residuals, which means writers are starting to, within the last five to 10 years, only get upfront payments for being on the shows and being oh, a writer on the show. Wow. So the reason, so a lot of writers, even writers on hit TV shows sometimes have to make, you know, they might make 40, 50 grand for being part of a writer's room but they have to make that last for two to three years until their next gig Whoa! because they're not getting the residuals that they used to. And it's getting harder and harder to break into the industry as a writer because of these things. Mm. So basically wow. the writers guild of America is voted in favor. 97.85 voted. Yes. Wow. Which means that as they go to the negotiating tables with the studios, they want higher base pay. They want more uh, residuals for the new sort of streaming landscape. And actually, the Writers Guild of America sued Netflix because the writers of Bird Box were not getting any residuals, even though it was one of the highest rated movies or the movies most watched. And they got like $40 million or like several million dollars in residuals. Whoa. Because the Writers Guild of America, you know, sort of advocated for them. So this is an incredible number that and, and it was a big trending topic on Twitter. A lot of artists, a lot of writers were sort of posting why they were going to um, to vote. Yes. The last time there was a, a, a writer strike uh, was I think it was 2008, 2009. Yep. And that really that fucked, cost. that fucked up that that cost the industry like two billion dollars. Mm -hmm. That's the reason, like a show like Breaking Bad only had six episodes in its first season because the writers' strike. There's a lot of shows that that affected. So wow. just keep, keep an eye out for that if you're part of a guild or are thinking about. It. Obviously, unions make us stronger. So any thoughts mm -hmm. on that, Sophia? Love unions, and they got to pay the writers. That's messed up. Right. That's it. As simple who's as that. The, who's the two point one five percent? Yeah, who would vote right? That? That mean, was that like two guy, two people? <laughs> it was like two it was, it was two guys. Like, they were like, "No, nah, we no, we're it. okay. Yeah, we're all right. Okay. We're all right. All right. Uh, a little. We're gonna try to mix it up. All right. This was something that we talked about earlier today. Uh, not that talked about earlier today, but that I mentioned earlier today. Um, so essentially, what happened is. Uh, Gen Z uh, took a took a swipe at uh, Zoomers. They're the same people. What do you mean? Well, no, Gen, Gen, Z? Gen Z, not Gen Z. Uh, Gen, Gen Z X is, is Zoomers. Oh, Gen X. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so basically, somebody took a a, a, a troll a swipe at Zendaya um, because they basically were saying that uh, you know. <laughs> Any Zoomer who thinks the right pick is above average attractive doesn't understand that in the 90s, a seven looked like the left pick. Above average meant something else back then. There'd be like 10 girls as or more beautiful than Jennifer Connelly working at every chain restaurant. Basically, they were trying to say that Zendaya was sort of mid and yeah. that Jennifer Connelly was a seven in the 90s. Jennifer Connelly was never a 70 in the 90s. Jennifer Connelly was a, was a straight up smoke show in the 90s. Yeah. And 
Zendaya doesn't play a lot of glamour. She's more glamorous on the red carpet. That she takes a lot of parts also, that the, don't make the her very like full, beautiful, like makeup and hair done, and then the one on the right. This is like come yeah, on. This, this is very. This is very like look, like look. Zendaya brings it. You know, yeah, brings it. She, she so you're saying Gen X because they they were the ones that wrote this. Who wrote this? Well, I don't know, but they were talking about because she's fifty. She's sort of my generation's, like you know, it girl yeah. in the in a certain time. And Jennifer Conley is very beautiful. Yeah, uh, and so they're both beautiful. It's like, why is this even? Why are we arguing about this? Like, who wrote this? Let's trash that person. Say their name. Yeah. Sorry, uh, fuck that person. Fuck Sun Optimus for starting that. Yeah, you picked you yeah. picked like the worst picture in yeah. the history of her. You're spinning it. Come on, bro. Yeah. So the question remains, uh, Alex, uh, in her prime, Jennifer Conley or Zendaya? <laughs> All I know is that Zendaya has a movie, was it Dune, where like like what 30 or 40 minutes of that movie is her in slow motion. <laughs> really? I mean, she's yeah, of course, Zendaya is beautiful. They wouldn't. They wouldn't like put her in slow mo if she wasn't, right? Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that was a really weird, weird post. I... Weird post, man. Both are beautiful. I don't know. I need. They're listen. Apples and oranges. Why are we comparing? Uh, yeah, I don't know what would... that was weird. <laughs> yeah, an optimist is not very optimistic. No, right. get a hobby. I mean, right into the hellscape that is Tennessee. Um, a, so you know. <laughs> Little by little, they're trying to introduce laws at state level that'll just fuck everything up for everybody. Yeah. Um, a Tennessee bill that allows students to report professors who teach divisive concepts <sighs> passes the House and Senate. The list of divisive concepts bars discussion on biases, white privilege, and racism's role in slavery. What? So Tennessee, you know, because, you know, Missouri's Missouri wants to ban libraries. Florida is banning drag shows or dressing in drag. Tennessee mm-hmm. is like, hold my beer. Uh, and they basically uh, are, are making a law that says if you're on a college campus, you can report. They're turning us into like they want to they they like they hate they hate communism. But a big part of like fascism and communism was reporting that your neighbors were not being communist enough. Right. Yeah. That was the thing you had to eat. You had to profess that you would love the. The, the blah 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 the state and you mm-hmm. also had to snitch on people. this is what happens in north korea if there's people that aren't into the state enough you can report them so now in tennessee they want to introduce a bill that says if you are not teach if you are teaching divisive concepts and talking about the role of racism in slavery um they can report you to the state wow that is wild that, listen that seems like that's unconstitutional yeah, it is unconstitutional. How is that? Did that pass? It passed the 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 state and the the the, the Congress. So now I don't know who. Isn't the, there like freedom of speech and stuff? <laughs> and then Log, also man. like you can't like biases and whatever they call divisive. All of the stuff that was on that list is actual viable like concepts. It's something like you can't suppress education. Well, I mean, I guess they can in Tennessee. And also but, like, like fuck, that's fascist as hell. That is really. Sad. That's so Listen, sad. Listen, it's it's freedom for me, not for thee when it comes yeah. to speech. Uh, there's a list of 17 different devices topics, uh, as such as whether one race or sex is inherently superior or inferior to another race. It also bans teaching individual by virtual 
of individuals. Race or sex is inherently privileged. Race or sex is oppressive, whether consciously or consciously. So this this is all them going against what they perceive as woke mm-hmm. um, or what they perceive as that day's, you know, shit that they're mad at, you know, you know. Wow. They, they, so they didn't have a trans person to yell at that day. So they're like, let's pass a law. Yeah, they didn't have Bud Light to shoot. Bud Light cans to shoot. Uh, they ran out. It sucks. That's crazy. Oh, that's an, that's messed up. Uh, it's fine. It's all fine. It, this is this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> this, this is, is fine. The, this is Hellscape Watch. Um, speaking of Bud Light. Yeah. Speaking of Bud Light, let's change to this one here. I think this gives mm-hmm. a little bit more. All right. Um, Donald Trump Jr. says the boycott of Bud. So this is funny because, you know, I always love when Republicans and Democrats switch sides on a topic. Yeah. And, and and the hypocrisy of, of both sides. So there was these awkward pictures of Democrats holding up Bud Lights in Congress. Uh, there is there was these, you know, because they're like, yeah, Bud Light standing up for trans, right? Blah, 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 progressive. And then uh, basically Bud Light backtracks so fast. They put oh, out no. a non-statement, which is like, we didn't mean to be in a controversy. They didn't really say anything in their statement. They were just like, we believe in American, and then they they dropped another uh, horsey commercial with the America Bud Light is American. We, we've always loved our troops and stuff like that. We love our troops. It's yeah. like, tell me the easiest way to to make both sides of the aisle mad, and it's by doing that. Nice. Like now, no one's on their side. And the Republicans that were super. And the, here's the thing, man: companies are not inherently woke. They're no, not. They want money. They want no. They want your money. They don't care. They only do these things because they think they have to, and they have marketing people and interns that are like, "We should do this." You know. You know why Padres does the gay themed event? It's to sell these, and it works because I want these. Yeah, it's, nice. it's because they want to. They want to appear. I mean, yes. The CEOs and the owners and the management of big corporations, in some cases, do believe in these causes. But what they believe in the most is profits for shareholders. Gay people got money. I'm just saying. Gay people got money. Bud Light wants gay people's money. They want all the people's money. And so they give. They give. uh, They 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 gave. um, I'm sorry. What was the person's name? Mulvaney, I think. Mulvaney, yeah, Dylan Mulvaney. a little 30 second, 90 second TikTok ad or something where they're drinking a Bud Light and they freak the fuck out. The Democrats all of a sudden jump on the Bud Light train. Every Republican and MAGA idiot starts shooting Bud Lights. They do steam rollers, roll over Bud Lights. Which they are light. both such performative takes. Like, just chill, yeah, you guys. Just, just the, 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 the side that's like, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture, immediately goes full on cancel culture yeah. because they do one trans fucking ad. They're such snowflakes. It's like they've be they've become what they used to make fun of. You know how like it used to be fun to like to make fun of like the woke, like super feminist, like whatever the oh the SJWs, the social Mm -hmm. justice warriors. And I'm like, you guys are worse. Like you're the snowflake. You became what you hated. Like, a hundred percent. Yeah. So looking deeper into this, obviously, what they figured out was that. Mm -hmm. 60 to 80 percent of the contributions that Bud Light, that Anheuser Busch, that the employees of Anheuser Busch make politically go to guess who? Trump. Republicans. Republicans. Anheuser Busch is one of the biggest supporters of Republicans. So uh, once they realize that 
their cancel culture was actually working, Donald Trump Jr. has to come and be like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though they did a trans ad, they apologize. They're back with America. We need to stop. Uh, we need to stop doing this. 60% 40, 60% to Republicans, 40% to Democrats. So 60% of Anheuser Bush employees okay. and their PAC give money. So it's mostly a Republican uh, 60, 40. Oh. Okay. Okay. Better than Chick-fil-A, but, I'll, you know, still. So Bud Light, uh, realizing from whence their bread was buttered, decided to backtrack the fuck out of there. Mm. Say, we love America more than we love the trans movement. Uh, please stop running over our beer. <laughs> and so now the Democrats who were awkwardly holding Bud Light bottles. Look like idiots. Looking like idiots. Uh, <laughs> are going to go back to. Right. I mean, who doesn't look like it? Everyone looks like an idiot. Like if you had, if you had an actual serious emotional take to any of this story, like you got problems. Just chill, okay? Trans people exist. Beer exists. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, don't. Like it's shut up. <laughs> Snowflakes. Gosh. You remember the that Pepsi ad? Yeah. It's from the it was like a movement or something like that. Well, that one was fucking hilarious because that was was that Kendall Jenner and like yes. was, solved racism. Yeah. And she solved racism with yes. a Pepsi. Yeah. She gives a Pepsi to the police officer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, wow, we did it. We solved we fixed racism. It. Yay, no more riots. That was funny. And everyone's like like social yeah. justice signs were like Pepsi. <laughs> Here's uh, here's the picture of that was a personal uh, favorite Republican uh-huh. uh, Rep- representative Ted Lieu uh, of him uh, Mark Takano Judy Chu and Adam Schiff posing with the cheap low alcohol beers in the Capitol. Hey, look at us, Bud Light. First of all, you're supposed to be working. Why are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> Go give me health care. How about that? I'm sorry. Yeah, can we get can we get some health? Can we get health care? <laughs> That's say that one. every episode. What's up with this and, serious yeah. picture of you, Alex? You don't seem like such a serious guy. What's going on over here? You know, I, I thought about that. I was like, oh, I should have given you a, a, a more playful photo. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, that one's really serious. You know, <laughs> I know. And like the you open the, the podcast by like cracking up like a total <laughs> was, antithesis. I was, trying to hold, I was trying to hold it in. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> cracking up, cracking up. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving right along. Let's see what we have here. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Okay, so here was the, uh, here was the, let me just uh, finish this. Uh, Here is the Anheuser-Busch letter. As a CEO of a company founded in America's heartland more than 165 years ago, I am responsible for ensuring that every consumer feels proud of the beer we brew. Mm. We're honored to be part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people. Uh, our independent distributors employ 47,000 value colleagues. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans oh, everywhere. America. Divides. The dividing thing. The Tennessee. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. Okay. They haven't really said anything yet. My time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Blah, blah, blah. Hard work, respect for one another. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting our remarkable history and heritage. I care deeply about this country, company, our brands, and our partners. I spent much of my time traveling across America, learning from our customers. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. Well, it's just very, like, pro-America, you know. It was, a, it we, was in a, yeah. 
we love our first responders and cops and everything. And so it's very like, come on, guys, military, we're on your side. They didn't say shit. That was literally like a non-statement. Because they want to they wanna be on, like, teetering the fence, which is fine. It's capitalism. You guys, they just want to sell beer to everyone. It's just... Well, there, there, there was a, there's a lot of key words in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're hinting. They know what they're doing. They're backtracking the whole trans thing. They're basically saying we're not on anyone's side, but we love our nation. Wink, wink. America, first responders for our nation. And I bet if you try to apply, they probably say they're very diverse. Companies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know... The yeah, the woke version would be yeah, saying diversity matters and yeah, blah blah blah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move right along. Uh okay. Uh all right. So we are we are you uh do you have more hellscape in you? <laughs> oh no, how bad is it? Maybe one more. Maybe one more. Okay, then yeah. we'll move on to some funny stuff. Or should yeah. we do a funny one first? No, let's let's close it off and then. All right, Hel- the the hellscape. Right, checking in on how horrible it is that uh, that we have guns in this country. Oh, so sure. two two incidents this week. Uh, one of them was um, a woman uh, fatally shot in upstate New York by a homeowner. Her and her friends were on their way to a party. Um, they didn't have cell service. They pulled into this person's driveway. Homeowner comes out with a shotgun, doesn't leave their porch, fires two shots at their car. Boy. One of the one of the women in the car gets hit by a bullet and killed. Oh. Um, also, this last week, a couple of days ago, a kid, Ralph, uh, Ralph Carl, um, goes to pick up his siblings and knocks on somebody's door and uh, like a 94 year old dude comes to the door, shoots him in the head, then shoots him when he's on the ground. Oh my God. And basically says, don't come around here uh, as the kid raised for his life. Now they, the kid is a musician. He's a, a black kid. He's, he's recovering in the hospital. Thankfully the woman in upstate New York, not so, uh, not so, not so lucky. She, she was killed in the attack. Both of these homeowners are basically, exerting sort of these stand your ground laws where you're basically saying you know or castle domain where if you're in your house and somebody but but, that's also usually for like intruders like if someone is knocking on your door let's say it's a ups guy i'm not gonna you know what i mean (laughs) what so yeah so i mean if we can't have sensible gun laws and we're supposed to have listen as i always say this i am a responsible gun owner I am pro guns for protecting yourself and your family. I've never, thankfully, never had to use one. You know what I mean? But, you know, when the ops pull up, you got to be, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, but, but but it's also like, man, if, number one, if somebody's coming to rob you or to kill you, they're not going to knock on your door, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody knocks, rings, yeah, hey, yeah, and the right. first thing you do is shoot, or if somebody pulls into your driveway. Maybe they want to make a U-turn. Exactly. <laughs> People get lost. People need to make U-turns. Like. I don't know. I think it's like the American culture wants it to be the wild West so much. Like they just want, they just, they just wish they were in gunslinger times. Like mm. remember from 13 assassins, like when he's like, do you think this is what it was like in like the warring times? Like, I think people have this, this mentality where they, they romanticize this wild West and they just mm-hmm. have this idea of everybody walking around with their guns and you step on my porch and bah, 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 like, yeah, like what is it going to take? Like, obviously 
30 kids getting killed in a school isn't going to wake people up like mass shootings every other day, like where we don't even get to finish thinking about or talking about. We're not even finished sending thoughts and prayers with about one shooting where we have to like pivot to the other another one. So what's it going to take for people to like stop? Oh, no. You know what? I don't think I'm coming back from Europe, (laughs) y'all. This hellscape got me. I just, (laughs) you know, you know, maybe I'll just elope with someone over there. It's fine. (laughs) The only good thing is that thankfully, because of social media and pressure like this, originally the first guy who shot the kid on his porch was not arrested. He was released, but he got arrested now and got charged. And the other person got charged as well. So, I mean, and thankfully the kid survived. Okay. Okay. So these are still being, okay. That's good. That gives me a little hope that they're at least being, you know, talked about and maybe taken to court and stuff like that. It's like racism and hatred has not gone away, but. We just added panic into it. I mean, it's like, uh, didn't like, I, I felt, I felt like I was reading something about crime has gone way up after COVID, you know, and like, Mm. Like everyone was so pent up, and then finally, when everyone was was allowed to go back out again, it was like all this. Yeah, it also messed with a lot of people's mental health. So I feel like a lot of people are just like unhinged, and then it was like, all right, you can go out now. We all bought guns, got depression, and now are like getting out in the world. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Don't be. Well, that was hellscape. It's fine. And all of this is fine. All of it's, this is fine. It's fine. All right. I want to give a shout out to one of the organizations here in San Diego that followed us during the festival. They're called assistanceforvets.org. You can go to assistanceforvets.org. And they are committed to helping uh, veterans. Uh, they deliver food each month to veterans in the San Diego area. They also, uh, in, in San Diego, California, they do events and support uh, assistance for veterans. They uh, they do a lot of cool stuff here in the community. Uh, and uh, we got to meet them and follow them uh, at the festival. They've been listening to and watching our show. They're doing a write-up about our show as well. So we wanted to just share the love and uh, share their page. So if you want to be a part of their, um, their projects, uh, if you want to support them in any single way, uh, I'm going to put the link in the chat. We'll put it in the description as well. Assistanceforvets.org. Uh, we also like to give shout outs and, and and point out good organizations that are doing good in the community wherever we can. So shout out mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out Assistance for Bets. Hell yeah. All right. Let's That's get to point. some let's get to some lighter fare. Uh, let me see. Uh, actually, yeah. question for you, Alex. What is your favorite revenge movie? Oh. Sophia, right back at you as well. What is your favorite revenge movie? Oh. John Wick, Taken, uh, Audition. Uh, this is something that I'm saving for for uh, Rosa, but uh, there's a lot of cool revenge movies. Dark Mints, I Spit on oh, Your Grave no. is a classic. Taken's uh, a really good one. Nine to Five, The Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh, that was a good one. I like that one. The Princess Bride. Also. Yes. Princess Bride is a great one. Holy shit. Oh, man. And Mandy is an, an awesome movie. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. if I could add another movie to the must watch top five, Hobo with a Shotgun. Mm. Hobo yeah. with a Shotgun? Yeah, Hobo watch with Ho- shotgun. Hobo with a Shotgun. Nice. It's a, it's a Canadian movie. Mandy just reminded me. Uh, Hobo with a Shotgun was like my previously favorite movie to do hard drugs to, and then Mandy came along. So, wonder what it's okay. about. 
it's about 90 minutes. But I know. Uh, it's about uh, it's about a hobo with a shotgun. It's in the name. It's in the name. It's it's Rutger Hauer. It's a Canadian movie. It's basically about this uh, homeless guy. It's about this homeless guy and about this like ultra violent world uh, and about this guy called the Drake that that runs the city. Uh, And and it's really just like a like a like a supreme B horror like Mm -hmm. violent movie. It's really good. A little bit of Mm -hmm. a little bit of the old ultra violence. Right, right. I I think Gone Girl is pretty good. That one's crazy. Gone Girl, Carrie, obviously Taken, Death Wish. Oh uh, man, those are all amazing. Gladiator, another revenge movie. Gladiator, yes. Unforgiven, Cape Fear, obviously revenge movie. Late Fear. John Wick. Oh my goodness. The Crow. Ooh, Memento. What do you think number one's gonna be? Oh, Memento. Kill Bill. Is it old boy? Old boy. Ah, the the original Korean version. Do not, Sophia. Whatever you do, do not watch the Spike. Old boy is a fucking classic. If you haven't watched Old Boy, you must watch Old Boy. boy. Make sure you watch the original one. Do not watch the Spike Lee remake. Oh, why not? Do tell. Because it should have never been remade. (laughs) Okay. It should have never ever been remade. Old boy, original. Yeah. I've been on a I've been on a Japanese and Korean movie kick recently. I, I rewatched the Battle Royale movies as well. Ah, oh, so good. You know, yeah. I did think of that, but I'm like, I don't think that's considered a revenge movie, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Alex, what was what's your favorite revenge movie? Man, I I, I kind of like Gladiator. Gladiator's what a good is- one. Are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, out of all the ones you named, I think Taken is my favorite. Um, it's just one. so, it's just so good. It's just the whole thing. Um, so one that popped up, it's not necessarily a revenge movie, but have you seen The Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Okay, the minute that it turns into a revenge movie, fuck, it's so good. Oh, so good. Sorry, so no, good. no spoilers. You need to watch it. I don't want to spoil it to anybody. As we're knocking out here, the rest of our tabs will be with you guys in a second. Thank you for everybody that's stopping by. Alex Miranda joining us all the way from Wisconsin. Yeah. Hello, Wisconsin. What's the the time difference, by the way? Two hours, right? It's two hours, hours, yeah. Over there, it's like 10 p.m.? 10.35. Thank you for staying up with us. What's the temperature like in Wisconsin these days? You know, it was 50, low 50s, but it felt so nice. Yeah. It was like uh, it felt like seventies. Okay. How's your? How's the? Uh, how's the, how long is the? How long is the summer? Uh, just a few months. <laughs> oh no! Do you ever miss California? Uh, all the time. Okay. Shout out to my mom and dad if they're oh. watching. Love not them. not this year. It's been they're raining boring. so much though. Right. The weather. You know, you wanted it. You were waiting for it. You were wondering where the second part of it was going to come up. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to worry anymore. The trek it this the uh-huh. second the second set of Trump collectible cards is out. What? <laughs> I thought Hellscape was over. <laughs> Wait, that that's a thing, collectible cards. <laughs> yeah, Trump is doing like an <laughs> NFT sort of grift scam where you can buy uh crazy cards and designs that people like look him dressed as George Washington. You can have him as a chess piece, him Ooh. on a motorcycle with a mo- with a bicycle, uh, him as a green beret or something. 
him as the king of hearts. I like that one. Gotta love that mm. one. Doing the heart sign, the king of hearts with the this. heart sign. That's you gotta love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and uh look, this one's uh, Elvis Trump with the American flag, Elvis oh rocking out. God. Nice. Yeah, uh, and the first time he uh, all American Trump with the hot dogs, right? Yeah, the black and the black dog, obviously. <coughs> yeah, and I love look that. At, uh, look at the quality of these. Look That's at the not. <laughs> look at this. Literally, quality. like this it's is literally least, like second this, grade using Canva. This a, like this is like a, a lead. No, I'm gonna say it's like a sixth grader using Photoshop. Grade. But Photoshop. Like, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, eighth grader. But look at it with the with the fiery lion. That how does this even make sense? He's okay. in the background. The lion's on fire. The lions on top of the earth, but they're in the clouds. Wait, can you? I sent you something to your Instagram DMs, mm-hmm. um, related, sort of related, loosely related. But um, it's basically this new page on Instagram that I found that is uh, similar to this, but way cooler in the sense that it takes Republican uh, politicians and turns them into drag queens using AI. Oh yes, I did. I do. I did have that. I had. Did you see uh, that? Yeah. Oh my god, have, you have to open I, it up at some point. I have, I have that. I have that here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yes. This, this is. is AI used for the positive. This is amazing. Alex is dying. <laughs> the Mike Pence one is my favorite. Mike Pence is like the the prince. Of, yeah, Mike. Yeah, Pence. yeah, right there. Mike, the, Mike oh, Pence. Slay Queen. Yes. Yeah, I like that. She's I like that. Fierce. Like this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I, I had, I, had, uh, I like this one though. This is the best. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, Shantae, you stay. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I made, that made my wake for sure. As much as we talk shit about, like so uh, good. You mean I bet so even bad. they like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, okay, I, I, I gotta, give it to them. gotta give it to them. Drag queen shows, they're legal now. All right. Uh, <laughs> Devices. How, how, how you doing? Are you, do you have to go at any time soon? Are you, are you still hanging in or are you? Uh... I probably should head out soon. Um, because okay. I gotta take care of these little boys. No, no, we're we're always cognizant. That's why I, I, we have a couple more things that me and Sophia will cover. But I did want to at least take the time to thank you, Alex, for being a part of the show today. Yes, thank you for Dom- coming on and giving us your time. It was Dominic really already fun. texted me for me to give you his info, so I will forward that along to you so that you guys can connect. Obviously, nice. Uh, nice world. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, you're invited anytime you have something to promote, or if you just want to come hang out, just let us know. We can have you pop on whenever. Nice. Um, but just make sure that everybody follows you. Where can they follow you on, on Instagram or what, what, where, where can people get in touch with you? Um, at Alex Miranda Cruz, um, uh, my on Instagram the, on the IG on the IG. Yeah. yeah. I'm not on Twitter. No, that's right. Or like, brave, uh, the brave bird, right. Or, Oh, we are brave bird. We are brave bird. Is, is our, um, our handle. Right. Um, but yeah, I thank you so much. I had so much fun. This was it was good to laugh. I, <laughs> that photo was too serious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you made me laugh real hard. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, Alex. Was, thank you for it was fun time. meeting you in San Diego. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. We'll look true. forward to look forward to talking to you soon, man. Or you know, like you said, we're out here. We're filmmakers. We're actors. So mm-hmm. you get you you need you need us. This is also a way for us to connect with other people. So you know, you let us know if you need anything. 
Awesome. We have to keep in touch and absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, my email. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Take care, right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. All oh. right, there goes Alex. Loved him. His picture really was serious, but his personality is so giggly. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't what match. But when I was like, "Hey, what's your favorite? What's the picture you want to use?" And he's not like, gonna lie though, that picture is badass. Like it's, it's a cool. good picture. It's a cool it's a picture. All right, Sophia. All right, let's lock. Let's 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 <sighs> let's finish this. Let's finish up strong here. Okay. Also, you misspell Coachella. I forgot to tell you. Did I? Yeah, it's two L's. Eh. Eh. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. All right. So uh, let's file this one under. Don't do this. <laughs> okay. Uh, influencer at Auschwitz faces backlash. For no, bro. When did this happen? Stop. I'm literally going to be there in a few weeks. Uh, today, I had one of the most hiring experiences of my life. Regrettably, it didn't seem everyone there found it to be so poignant. Uh, yeah, so oh, don't do this. No. Don't, don't do, do that. Don't do that. Don't, Guys, don't do that. Uh, no. A concentration camp? Not the place where you want to take pics. Not even, like, it's the railroad that carried the people yeah. to the concentration camp. Don't sit on it. Why? Oh, <sighs> this... I want to punch this girl. Who's, I mean, like, you, you want to punch the girl, but can we just, what what is, is this like, do you not have a backbone? I mean, I understand being an Instagram influencer's husband or significant other is a pain in the ass because they're always mm-hmm. asking you to take pictures of them and take so, the picture again and stuff like job. that. But, I mean, how vapid do you have to be not to even be like, maybe you should, not this one, babe, maybe not this one. We're at, and why would you? And if you are that vapid, why do you even go to Auschwitz? Exactly, it's a it's a it's a place where you go to study history and learn about the deepest, darkest pits of humanity. And like it's the gravity geez. of the situation of this of the location is what's supposed to sort of get you. And and all of a sudden you're like, <sighs> did they like, find who this girl was? Because if I'm gonna hate anyone, if you person yeah no this is this is this is a horrible horrible thing it's terrible but what kind of pictures are are yeah yeah i don't even want to see like 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 the real pictures of Auschwitz. but like how what kind of a horrible person do you have to be to do something like this it just doesn't i, make sense. I don't i don't just know. don't don't do that just don't, don't do, do that. that. No. Don't, don't uh, when I went to Sachsenhausen, I just you know I I do I do like to if I see something like that gets me or like looks interesting, I will take a picture and upload it to my story mm-hmm. of the thing of the monument or yeah. of the sign. But selfies, not not really the move. happy selfies of like look at me and I was no 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 and, and even like harrowing like, journalism pictures. Yeah, and even like a solemn selfie is kind of like a bad look, right? Like even if you were like, yeah, that gives me like those TikToks that we had talked about, about you know, yeah, like it's like sad face. My patient just, died today. Just better yet, like don't take pictures. Just, 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 just go. Just, just, just go, go and, and experience and be, it. and be a human. Sometimes you don't need to be on your phone. What? Yeah. It's wild. All right. Um, here's an influencer that says, "Here's why a lot of us fake going to Coachella." Can you hear that? Nope. All right, hold on. Never mind. Filter is interesting. That's an interesting filter, right? Kind of like it. Yeah. It looks like a. 
anime of some sort. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, they explained that there's a phenomenon in a TikTok video um, that's saying that a lot of people, Coachella is like the influencer Olympics, and they feel like they have to be there. But a lot of them just go out to the desert, get their makeup on, put on three different outfits, and take pictures out in the desert. And then post that on different days, and they don't even go. Oh, that okay that's let me sad. reshare it so that i can share the audio even that's a might. little that's a little sad but you know what coachella is very expensive if if you are a budding influencer or an influencer and you just have to stay relevant why not you know there are worse things in the world i guess all right i'm gonna mute myself so i can play this give me a second okay let me know if it also does the 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 voice thing Okay. I'm gonna mute okay. myself so I can play this. Give me a second. Let me know if it okay. also. Okay. Coachella's uh, like the, the influencer. Let me know if it also Voice thing happens. Sorry, I don't know. I have to <laughs> figure out why it's. In. I was I was typing in the chat. I didn't know how to tell you. I was like, I don't, can you hear me? No, I can uh, still hear you. Okay. Well, yeah, basically, maybe. they say that's a phenomenon where people who don't have wristbands they just drive their little butts out to the desert to make Instagram photos, and then they. They get their TikToks or whatever, and then they just come back home. I, my thing is, like, there there are certain Coachella pictures that you need to take, I guess, right? Like, there's that little fucking phallic fucking monument thing, that little mm-hmm. building with lights that says, hey, I'm at Coachella. So if you're just taking pictures of the desert, I feel like people would know, right? Hmm. I don't know. That just seems very sad to me. It's sad that we've gotten that to that point. And... As someone who's considering moving to LA, I do worry that I'm going to be surrounded by these vapid people. Um, and it's scary. That's sad, right? What do you think? Would you ever do something like that to get a picture? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I can understand where you're coming from when you're like, um, you know, I don't. I don't want to spend the money. I'd rather just drive out, take a picture, and then come home, right? Yeah, because to be fair, it is a, a career. And if you are getting paid and you just need the picture and you just want to go home, like, hey, man, I, I sure, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it, I can understand that part of it. But it's also, like, super weird that you're, like, that you're like that you know it's the faking part so i think if you are a paid influencer who just needs like a paycheck and you're doing it for the money for some reason i find that more respectable than if you are just someone who's trying to make it and you're going just actually to like fake like you're at this event and you're like going out of your way to do all these fake posts it gives me the same vibe as like people who pay the to, to get the private jet picture but like they never take it's just like a rental where like you walk in, you take a picture and you get out. It's like a set almost. Um, I think um, Bow Wow got caught doing that and everyone just dogged him for it. Yeah, yeah, made yeah. fun of him forever. And it's like because it's lame. At the end of the day, it's lame. You're being fake and it's sad. It's for a validation, you know. So, that, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's kind of sad that you need validation from the Internet that badly. And I had one other video that I wanted to play, but it is, uh, uh, it's, I'm not sure it's going to play. So I'm just going to save it for next week. Mm-hmm. It's fellas. Is it racist to be against race mixing? Yes. Yeah, yes. Race. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Short answer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's this girl that is, uh, 
there's I want to talk well, maybe we'll talk about it next week this phenomenon of this female led anti feminism sort of podcast. Mm. Uh, Ooh, it, yeah. Yeah. Let's deep dive next week though cuz yeah. Yeah, yeah. So seems I'm interesting. Say, I'm going to save this and for some reason my sound setup is is fucking my shit up today. All right. And then also oh, I also wanted to play this one but okay, this is a Zoom call from a CEO who canceled all employee bonuses but took a 644 million bonus. Oh, yeah. So. I, I saw that. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that one for next week. Come on here. Yeah. All right. Netflix after an incredible run um is ending the DVD market. Mm. Uh, so after 25 years, we've decided to wind down DVD.com to everyone who ever added a DVD to their queue or waited by the mailbox for a red envelope to arrive. Thank you. Oh, okay. So I remember, uh, I remember this from the early aughts, the early 2000s, where it was, you know, how cool, how good was your queue and how fast could you turn around and mail your DVDs back so you can get them and mm-hmm. And people, I love that. That back in the day, that was the pre-Netflix Netflix. This is sort of what started the downfall of Blockbuster because you could yeah. just get the DVDs in the mail. Then came Redbox and then came streaming services. So, mm-hmm. Sophia, will you miss DVDs? Will you miss physical media? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes and no Um, in the sense that, like, I don't like bulk. You know, I just don't like a mess. Uh, but so physical stuff, I do, I do sometimes prefer to keep it not physical, but as someone who has moved a lot and there, you know, there are times where you go without cable or like whatever, like you just, all I have is a TV and a DVD player. I do have, I, 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 regardless, I still have like a solid like DVD collection because, you know, you gotta have it. Like what happens if all, you know? I don't know if all streaming services just like, I don't know, freaking go wild one day and you know, you can't access anything. And then this is what uh, I mean, this is kind of like what I'm scared of is, is precisely that is, is right. Like for, for the longest time, because I used to move around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you go to a new place, you don't have cable, right? So that's why when I had cable, because I was- Or even more, Wi-Fi, yeah. Yeah, and this was pre-Wi-Fi. When I didn't mm-hmm. have cable, you have to watch like The Simpsons and Seinfeld and Friends and all these shows that were on syndication, right? You'd have to, like, if you wanted something to watch at 11 o'clock at night, you'd be like, I guess I'm watching MASH reruns or Friends reruns mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that, channel 5 11 whatever have you sometimes mm-hmm. i would watch the simpsons in spanish because that's all we had because we didn't have cable you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so my my rule was anytime i had cable because i knew i wasn't always gonna have it uh, i would never watch a show that was on free tv so that i would have something to watch when mm. i didn't have cable yeah of course. and 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 so now that i have stream that we have streaming and cable is kind of a thing of the past it's weird because you're like, oh, I don't need to have, um, you know, uh, Creed because it's on Netflix or I don't need to have, uh, for example, like I, did, I was like, I don't need to have a collection of Aqua Teen Hunger Force videos because it's on HBO Max. Right. But then HBO Max is like, oh, we're getting rid of all these cartoons and all these things. And then exactly. Like, well, Here fuck. What I have Harry Potter. Do? I'm like, I have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I happen to be good at the internet, so I, I I, can download a lot of stuff, and I have a huge collection of movies and stuff that I've downloaded, and I also have a huge DVD and physical media collection. Nice. Because 
all these things are based on the internet working, Mm -hmm. you know, the same. So the internet, the same reason some people are scared of having only electric vehicles with what if the electrical grid goes down, the Mm -hmm. electrical grid goes down, then your fucking electric vehicles are fucked because you can't recharge them. Mm-hmm. Fuel is a lot more, you can sort of find fuel or blah, 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 blah. So it's almost like the future is, is, is so awesome because like I often sit here and I'm watching, I'm watching a game on YouTube TV. Like even mm-hmm. while we were streaming, I had a game on the TV and I could be watching another game that I found a stream form on one screen. And then I'll be watching a movie on hulu or something on another screen and i could and i and i literally i love the future mm-hmm. i love the future because i just feel like that scene in uh back to the future where he sits down and he's like put on channels 84 blah, blah, blah. i just i love mm-hmm. that feeling i love that but it's also a very narrow thread that we walk on because the internet goes down one satellite goes out and we could be fucked so yeah i think that we're, I think that, man, at some level, we have to preserve. It's almost like we're moving too fast for our own good, you know? Yeah. But DVDs are still going to get made, right? Yeah, I think DVDs yeah. still get made and the DVD releases still a thing. And I think that based on, like, the success of some of these movies that have come out on theaters, I think even movie companies have realized that, yeah, that we can release to streamers right away is awesome because we just get the immediate thing. But mm-hmm. Super Mario movie is going to make a billion dollars in like three weeks. Yeah. So, and so we're heading for more. We're heading for more theater only releases. I think the age of the sh- releasing on the theater and on the thing at the same time is gone. It's dying. Yeah. And I think sure. a lot of these streamers look like everything is old is be new again. Like Netflix all of a sudden has like live programming. Yeah. Netflix is like, oh, we're going to do a live Chris Rock show. So it's it's everything that's old will be new again. These streamers are now getting into live content, which is so fucking weird to me as opposed to on demand. And most of them, except for like mm-hmm. Netflix, have gone back to like a weekly release schedule. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso every Wednesday night, Succession and Barry Sunday nights, um, stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's almost like I said, it's going to happen. Another prediction of mine is that within the next two or three years, there will be a major, a major streaming. um, What's that called? Merger. Merger. And there'll be another one. And we'll be back to the same fucking thing we had before. Yeah, it'll be cable cable again. Just Disney will own it. It'll be streaming cable. And it'll be just Disney. And then from Disney, you'll be able to go to Netflix, to this, to this, to this, to this. And it'll all just Mm -hmm. be one thing. And you're going to be paying 200 bucks a month again, like you were with cable. And which is why I need DVDs. Cause that's when I will tap out. <laughs> yeah, no. How much? Okay. Let's say the cable and internet went out, but you still had electricity. How long would you be able to survive with just, just physical media? Um, it would depend on my finances fully. Uh, Cause I, when I went to, when I was in college, I didn't have a TV. And I survived just reading books and I was totally a smarter and better for it. <laughs> like I just didn't watch TV. I didn't watch anything. If I needed to watch a movie that I just really had to see, I had a laptop, but like 
it wasn't, I wasn't at home much and I didn't have a TV and I had homework. So like, I just didn't. And then I got back to living here in, in my house and I got a TV for free and I'm so stupid in the head. I got a Roku. I got, I went back to my old ways and I'm just like, whoa, I started binging again. And I was like, how much time am I spending on this? So I, I think for me, it would come easy. Because you could have go to books and uh, DVDs and stuff. Right? Yeah, the worst part was when I felt left out. So whenever there was like, oh, Bird Box came out or like something big, you know, and then mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'll watch that, and that's it, you know. Um, but like, I didn't feel the need to like. But it's because also you don't know what you're missing, right? So it's also like I didn't have access to it, therefore I was so happy, like I didn't know it, I, you know. And then I got a Roku and I was like, whoa, so many shows, and that, and then I just watched a lot of shows. So I can survive. Um, it's the FOMO that gets me. Yeah, the FOMO. It's, it's always FOMO. that. It's always a FOMO. Yeah, yeah I have. But, uh, what about you? No, I have literally uh, a giant ass cabinet in the living room, mm-hmm. which is just packed full of movies. There's probably about 200 movies in there. Oh, so and you're good I, to go for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have not only that, but I also have about 60 video cassettes, and mm-hmm. I have a VHS player, and I have probably about a hard drive of about one terabyte of nothing but movies that i've done oh you're so good to go yeah yeah. i'm good i'm good to go no yeah no for me i'm like i have so many hobbies um that are hands-on and then i have so many books in my bookshelf that are unread that i Mm -hmm. think i would be good for a solid three years yeah and then i also have an xbox and a playstation for in terms of video games so yeah i could survive the internet for a while yeah i have a bunch of games that i don't play i just don't have the time but i'm like hey if i didn't have a tv yeah i guess the reason that i keep all that is because you never know like there's the 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 desert island scenario there's the grid goes offline scenario like where he's like yeah you know the zombies come and you got a fucking generator at least you can like play movies for your community you know absolutely yep Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 That's a, there's that. All right. Let's wrap it up there. We got well, one. Go ahead. I wanted to talk a little bit about Bad Bunny and Coachella if we can. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let's clip that. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah. Because I saw a lot of post Coachella happen weekend one. Um, did oh, you hear on, any on, of on. the tea? Before that, before that. Let's, okay. let's, do, let's do the thing and then jump right into it. Okay. Coachella and Bad Bunny shoot. Yeah, it just happened. Well, weekend one just happened. Uh, did you hear anything about that? Because there was a lot of tea, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I heard that uh, Frank Ocean got paid like a bunch of money to do a drunken karaoke set. And then I heard that uh, Bad Bunny <laughs> was on stage and he was sort of denying the, Ken- the Kendall Jenner thing. Wow. But then all these videos of them hanging out together resurfaced and she mm-hmm. was vibing out at his show. Yeah. Um, so I'm I so I did hear I, I did hear that because everybody was live tweeting the yeah. his set, you know, mm-hmm. and then apparently he crushed it and everything, but yeah, he did great. But uh yeah, no, so so the Frank Ocean thing, um, I'll keep it pretty short. I guess he just had a diva moment where he minutes before going on, he decided to change technical aspects to his show and mm-hmm. that delayed his show by a lot and so you just you're wasting people's time and uh, it's and he had no excuse i think they tried to spin it like he was injured and so that's why he had to change things but then other people are denying that um so it just seems like he was a diva 
we will see what happens in week two, but I can't foresee this happening again. We'll we'll see what happens. But a lot of people are also saying that we're there, that it was not a good show. Um, and yeah, Frank Ocean, a lot of Frank Ocean fans are dropping him. Uh, yeah. And then in, in Bad Bunny news, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because I saw a lot... Well, you know, we follow a lot of Latinos in our in our um, Instagrams and social medias, and we do Mi Gente Show, and we love Latinidad and supporting all Latinos. Uh, so I got a lot of, like, posts um, kind of, like, you know, pumping, uh, pumping up Bad Bunny, a lot of positivity in my feed for the most part about, you know, excitement about seeing him. Um, but, man, did he do a doozy. First of all, performance-wise... Killed it. Amazing. As always, he's Bad Bunny. But yeah, him and Kendall were there. There were pictures. They're together. They're very clearly together. Good for him. We've covered that. Uh, what pissed me off this time and uh, th- why I unfollowed. Listen, guys, it's severe. All right. So you unfollowed even, the bunny. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I wanted I wanted a way to drop the bomb, but I've officially unfollowed Bad Bunny. I am officially I'm still a fan of his music. Wow. I am no longer a follower of his career. Um, so here's the thing. I love my Latinos. I love what he's done for the culture. Okay. I think that he has progressed reggaeton music and machismo and has done so many good things for so many causes. And it's all amazing. And his flowers, he gets his flowers for that. And I love him for that. So I would never discount that, and I will always support him in that sense. I defended him with the phone throwing, even though that was annoying. But lately, his behavior has just been so bad. And the tip of the iceberg was the the freaking uh, speech that he did at Coachella, where he literally, he was kind of like saying, which I understand and I respect, he was kind of say, like talking shit to his fans, essentially. Kind of saying, like, you guys don't know me. Yeah, like a lecture. Like, you guys don't know me. Basically, like, just because you see me on social media doesn't mean you know anything about me. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. Now, my thing is, bro, you it, it wasn't just that. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Like, you're showing such little respect for the people that put you in this position. And... Think he owes you? Been, huh? Think he owes you? No, I don't think he necessarily owes anyone anything and i i totally think that him dating kendall is great good for him but i do think that um certain behaviors no i think it's really you know (laughs) here's the thing here's the thing and this is where this is where i'm coming from i don't follow celebrities on social media the only celebrity on my social media that i have is susan sarandon and bernie sanders and bad bunny before today reason being I only follow celebrities and keep in touch with them if I really think that they're doing something good and I like their behavior. I'm not someone that's like a loyalist fan girl who's going to follow you to the ends of the earth. I like his music, but when Kanye started doing Nazi shit, I'm not going to back Kanye. When George Lopez started saying some shit about the community, I'm happy he's in Blue Beetle. I will always support him. I love my Latinos, but I don't necessarily like him as a person. All right. So I don't feel the need to follow him on Instagram. I've done the same right. thing with people like we talked about the poker player they used to follow that did the fat. Exactly. Yeah, they do exactly. something in their real world, real behavior, real world. And you're like, I just like okay. that. I don't need to follow you. Or I need so to what happened? From you. Exactly. So what happened with Bad Bunny? It was a series of events. The Kendall Jenner one was one. I already explained why that's problematic, you know, because he claimed to be pro all of these like progressive movement stuff and then he goes and literally dates the person that's the antith- antithesis of what he stood for so there's that 
His ex is suing him for $40 million, rightfully so. He has, we have yet to see the conclusion to that, but I think it was messed up that he used her voice against her will. And I believe that she needs the, that she, I believe that she deserves the money. So not cool, bad bunny. Did he use a recording of her in one of his songs or something? Or? A recording that he got from her. Um, this is the beloved ex, by the way. So like, mind you, no one hates the people that he dates. Like they're all fine. The thing with Kendall Jenner is the whole fact that like, she is literally cultural appropriation in live in living form, you know? So that's the problem when he has literally been on a pedestal about how that's wrong. So with this other ex, she was the one that helped him get his start. She's arguably a good reason why he made it. He is where he is. And so when he, she got a call apparently about use your voice for this uh hey what's up holly they asked for consent to use her voice for a song she said no they still used it he made millions off of it now she's suing bro come on um another thing is he went on vogue and did an interview where he basically he kind of like stepped back from he denied colorism within the reggaeton, uh, you know, career genre or whatever. And then there's this line that says que todos quieren ser Latinos, pero no tienen sazón, which is basically like not everyone can be Latino. Like kind of like, you know, whatever, talking about appropriation in a sense. And um, he he took a full step back and basically just said that he doesn't really believe in that. And I'm just kind of like all your behavior that you're doing now is a sellout. The reason why I love Bad Bunny is because you hago lo que me da la gana used to mean i'm gonna be this awesome cultural fucking like i'm gonna stand for what i stand for and i'm gonna dress like a girl if i fucking want to and yo perro sola and i fuck whatever fuck feminicidio like he had political views and now it seems like he's corporate mad bunny he's yo hago lo que me da la gana now as in fuck all of you people that brought me up and i'm just gonna date white girls and fuck white billionaires yeah and i'm just gonna and oh yeah like i don't believe in anything and i'm gonna teeter every line and then you go on coachella and talk to your fan and give him a lecture like you're you're sold out like he's sold out all right i I love his music i think that he's gonna come out with amazing music and i'm gonna continue to listen to it and I still think he's probably a good guy. I don't fucking know. But I, I don't need to follow him. And and he doesn't care. And it's fine. We're all fine, guys. But that's, you know, I can't defend him no more. This mm. is like your own personal Bad Bunny hellscape. It's my Bad Bunny hellscape. And it's just disappointing. It's just like, you know, because I'm not a fan of a lot of people. And it's, I was a stan. And now I'm just kind of like. Uh, I'm going to be a casual listener now. You know? This is Sergio Sofia. This is Sofia. In this is. You yeah. you piss mama off, you know? Yeah. All right, I just I don't a, like his behavior. I got a couple of things. So Continue. definitely um, the things, even though I could not name three Bad Bunny songs, if you put a gun to my head, uh-huh. uh, I would like probably one. Like, Lou, we're going what? to. What? Like, literally. You like, name like 30, 50. All right, let me see if I can name one song. Uh, Me llamo Baboni. Is that a song? Not, not even a song. <laughs> not, not, not even, even a song. song. No. Is it, is it, I don't, I have no <laughs> idea. I could not, okay, let me, I could not name one Bad Bunny song to save my okay. life. Like, Jeez. I understand people like it, whatever. What mm-hmm. I love about him is he was unapologetically Latino, unapologetically Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that made him was that he became an icon without having to change anything cultural. Mm-hmm. Right? right. He he was unapologetically who he was, um, whether it was gender bending, whether it was the politics that he had supporting mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, stuff like that. And he, yeah. 
and despite not making any changes or the things that you would think that I have to change this about myself to be more culturally acceptable to the mainstream, he blew up because of all the love that people like you and Latinos had for him. And that carried over into the mainstream and to everybody, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but this happens a lot to celebrities. So if I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on, this yeah. means that he has officially kind of sort of joined the Illuminati or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe, hey, man, I'm not going to knock it. Probably. May, maybe he just, he, cause once you hit that certain level of fame, you get into this hemisphere of where you're not jo- just a, an influencer. You're a style maker. You're a, you're a, you're an influencer mm. of the world. So there is this this circle of elites that's out there, whether you want to call it something like that. It does exist in terms of just like the zeitgeist. So that would be my conspiracy theory. I did love the fact that even when people try to talk shit about him, like I think Devin Booker was trying to talk shit back about the song that he wrote. He said like, oh, there goes Bad Bunny worried about another guy again. Like trying to throw shade into like this thing, like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... So I do, I do think it's interesting that he is reaching this very high level of his career. Yeah. And this is something similar to what um, people that used to be fans of like Howard Stern are going through. Mm. Because when Howard came up in the 90s and early 2000s, it was all about anti-establishment. It was about basically talking shit about all celebrities, about all establishments, award show, being the counterculture thing. And as soon as he reached that level of fame where he was like a judge on America's Got Talent, you know what I mean? Then he became, yeah. he was like, oh, I'm Cor- in here. Corporate, I'm, yeah. I'm in here now? Oh, wait, yeah. I'm going to close this door. No more callers from the, no more uh, calls from the audience. Yeah. We're going to only A-list celebrities, all the comedians and people that used to come on here and be controversial. No more of that. And mm-hmm. now the people that used to listen to him back in the day are like, well, it's just a corporate version. It was like, it was what he hated. Exactly. So, yeah. It's so, like Bill Maher. I used to love him and he's a sellout. He's like a yeah, right wing. Yeah, it's it, insane. It, it happens. It, it, it happens. <laughs> Howard Stern, Bill yeah. Maher. There's a lot of them. Hopefully it doesn't happen to uh, yeah. uh, Bill Burr. Because you know Ooh, he's he's a, he's a he's a legend yeah. right now. But if they can get to Bill Bunny, <laughs> Bill Bunny, <laughs> he, he's actually actually Sophia. He actually changed his name to Bill Bunny because now, now he's okay. corporate and white. So now it's now he's Bill Bunny. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Bill Bunny. Yeah. <clears throat> so Bunny. so I, unfortunately, I think that that there is something to getting to that upper echelon that you never thought you were going to get to. Yeah. And the pressures that come with like. Well, you know what? We're not talking about millions or fifty thousand dollars here or there. We're talking about you being a billionaire, you being an icon, you being yeah able to have like country changing money. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he could really use his influence for for good, and instead he's driving around a golf course with some yeah white white girl I, that owns a tequila company. Yeah, exactly. And he had been, and he probably likely his publicist, I'm sure, is having a heyday and is like, okay, you need to return to that. I'm sure he will. Um, and I never want to seem like I'm just here criticizing a Latino because you know what? I think that it's admirable that he's gotten this high. I feel like it's unprecedented and it's awesome. And I will continue, like I said, to listen to his music as long as it's good and continue to support him. And he like, you know, yay, clap for him. He's amazing. But I also think that, you know, like you said, it's it's just, it's it, the vibes. I followed him for vibes. I liked his person. Vibes are off. The vibes are off. Vibes are off. The vibes are done and the party's over. And now he's, uh, yeah, he's very corporate bunny. So, 
You know, that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. Bill Bunny. He doesn't. He doesn't care. Nobody cares. But you know what? Bernie Bernie's care. still Bernie. Bernie's Bernie's ain't changing forever. <laughs> he ain't changing. The minute he changes, Bernie oh my god, I'm gonna cry on that one. But yeah, no, I also lied. It's Susan Sarandon, Bernie Sanders, and Sarah Paulson. I why still follow Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Why are you listening to why Susan Sarandon? Wasn't she like uh anti-Bernie? Wasn't she like a native? No, lady? she's pro-Bernie. She's, she's pro-Bernie? Uh, her her politics, she's just one of those actresses that like politically and like her son is really cool too. Like they just post a lot and do a lot of activism that I really enjoy. And so um, yeah, I mean. They just they're cool vibes. There was a meme I don't know. about her. There was a meme about her recently where she was talking to like this Mexican lady activist and she was basically like explaining to her like why she should vote the way she would vote and the other the lady was like I thought that was Jamie Lee Curtis, no? Was it Jamie Lee Curtis? I thought it was Susan yeah. Sarandon. I don't know. Oh, I don't so, know. Uh, Sarandon, yeah, she went after Huerta uh about uh yeah, I, I did definitely see that. She was sort of Ooh. basically like Latin Latin splaining, maybe oh, the last word. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. thought I heard something like that. Let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, is she canceled too? Should I unfollow her as well? She's, that's that's why it kind of was like strange because I I was like mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, you know, great cans. But this was also- like a couple years ago. Politically, <laughs> I vibed with her, but you know, if she's if she's Latin splaining, I gotta catch up because yeah, Bad Bunny's canceled. Maybe Susan Sarandon's canceled. Let's see. She could. <laughs> this turned into right. the Susan Sarandon. Let's see. Okay. All right, well. Okay. Where to find? But anyway, out. that's Bad Bunny Watch, and uh, yeah, Bad there, Bunny. You know. Bad. We need a. We need a. I gotta make a. I gotta make a thing. We gotta do like the Bad Bunny Watch. Bad yeah, because we because we reported on the phone stuff, and I defended him, and now I'm like, man, dude, like pay your pay your ex girlfriend, and just go, yeah. just go back, go back to being. We were. gotta go edit that. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. No Bunny. But he is dropping new music, so like I said, you know. And, and didn't he? Didn't he just drop like wait. a like like a co- like a collaboration with like a norteño band? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not knocking his. I'm not knocking that part. Like you know how Kanye now is like you feel a little guilty for listening to his music. Bad Bunny's not there yet. I He's well, you know. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I, I have. I, I mean, I I still have uh, late registration and other of his things on my playlist. I don't. I mean, it's my own personal playlist. Like, what the fuck are you gonna care? I'm not gonna necessarily play it at a party or at a get together, you know. Mm, but I'm also. That's true. I'm also. I'm also not gonna play like uh, one of my favorite songs to put at a party. Used to be um, R. Kelly remixed to Ignition, and I can't play that one anymore. I must. I must see if no I can get away. But that's so good. It's such a good song. I was gonna see if I could play it one night at karaoke. See how people would react. Just play it and just be like, mm. just see if everybody starts vibing to it and be like, wait it's a minute. Still a vibe. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Still a vibe. It's still this a hit. is the remix cool. edition. Here's some Chris <laughs> it's, Brown. It's such, it's, such a, it's such a good song. Yeah. It's such a good song. Yeah. It's such a piece of shit. It's just weird. But you it's know weird. what? It's, it's, not, I know. Yeah, it's, it's that's weird. what I mean. I'm like, God, when he's not in the list, it's not even close to those people. All right. So you're saying you're close to having to make the decision to separate the music, the art from the artist, right? No, 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 no. I'm not close. What I'm saying is the opposite. I'm not close. I, I, I have separated my personal time from his socials, which is fine. See you mañana, Polly. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be on Latino Slant. So you guys tune in. We're gonna be doing Macho Minute, talking some good topics. Uh, yeah. to watch. Cool. I'll tune in. <laughs> Yeah, tune in. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, no, 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 he's not even close. No, I'm just saying I'm just saying his behavior, I don't vibe with it. I'm not following, I'm not subscribing. I'll just but I'll listen to the music if it's good. Will you buy the music? I still have just... a Spotify. I never bought it. I just I have Spotify, I listen to it. That gives him money, right? 
Those guys getting yeah. some. I don't buy somewhere. CDs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not a, yeah. I'm not right, a huge right. like super fan of a lot of people, so. But I do love yeah. his music. This has been Bad Bunny Watch. Yeah, Bad Bunny Watch. So I'm I'm looking at Susan Sarandon's stuff. Okay. Okay. It was from two 2016. I believe I started liking Susan Sarandon in like 2020. So okay. I, yeah, maybe she I gotta shaved, start I looking. She did support Bernie a, Sanders. Yeah, she changed she did support Bernie Sanders a second time around. Yeah. I think the I think this so I got I gotta I'll report back. Yeah, this is the Dolores Swift that thing was a couple of years before that, I think. So maybe back then. Yeah, it was in 2016 during his run. So I will do research and report back on Susan Sarandon watch. <laughs> Sophia's still following her. Got it. But we'll you know who I, who I would be so sad to unfollow would be Sarah Paulson. I love her. I just love her vibes. Who is that? You don't what? Oh, my God. So, so. So the people that I love are I either love them for their politics and activism, okay, uh, their sense of humor. I probably know who they is. Or, I just missed on. Or they're or like yeah, their music and sense of humor, personality, whatever. Right. So Bad Bunny fell into that. Sarah Paulson is a personality for sure. She's an actress, amazing actress. I fell in love with her in the first American Horror Story. She's queer. She's here and bitch. Ugh, I love her. She's amazing. And she is now dating Holland Taylor. They've been dating for so many years and they're just like a lesbian, it's a lesbian couple. And I'm just here for everything Sarah Paulson. I just love her. I'm just a fan. She has not done anything for me to cancel her. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I, I, I looked her up and I immediately know who you're talking about. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, I, you know her, you know, Sarah. Yeah, Paulson, I know. I know I, yeah. But I, I didn't really know her politics or anything. Okay. That's good. Yeah, she's a great, she's a great person. Cool person that, uh, you know, as far as we know on social media. All right. Uh, so that was Bad Bunny Watch and who got canceled yeah. this week. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we go, let's do No Namis Way. Yes. Now it's time for No Namis Way. No Namis Way. No Namis. All right. We got two questions this week. All right. What do we got? What do we get? Just refresh to make sure we didn't get any other late submissions. All right, here we go. Question number one comes to us from Concerned Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Concerned Girlfriend writes, my boyfriend who has been clean for two years and was previously doing hard drugs for like 14 years was smoking weed with his brother who came out for a visit last month. He didn't tell me and I had to find out watching his brother's stories. I fear this will lead him on a path to back to drug use, but I also don't want to overreact. Any thoughts on how to approach him? I have been with him for five years, so I was with him when he was when he quit drugs and went to rehab and have been there for him, FYI. You go hmm. first on this. Oh, this is hard. Uh, well, I mean, there's such a thing as California sober, uh, assuming you're in California, right? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> California sober means like you smoke weed. Like That's you're not true. Like, you know, because I mean, honestly, I don't think you're talking about a, somebody who smokes regularly. Um, so if anything, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a smoker. I'm a I'm a stoner. I'm an advocate for weed. Um, one do thing I do know about my about weed is that um, it gets you high. I'm just kidding. I know one thing I do know about yeah, yeah. weed is that one of the things that that I that I think that helped me as a stoner is that I didn't start smoking when I was 14, 15 years old. I didn't start smoking. Mm. I was really good. Like I didn't touch weed until I was into my twenties, like after I was eighteen and stuff like that. Oh I, whoa! Yeah, I smoked like maybe once or twice, like peer pressure when I was a kid growing up in New York. But I was just not. I was just like not, I was. I was paranoid of it because. 
my parents were big drinkers and drug users. So mm-hmm. I sort of was trying to stay away from that. But when I moved out to California, I was like, whoa, yo, exactly. But I think that helped me in as much as um, it helped me develop my brain and not be such a like, you know what I mean? As opposed to a lot. Sometimes I do think that kids that start smoking super early, sometimes it affects them. You know, because it's motivation wise and stuff like that. I think one of the things that I've heard about weed is that, it, you know, it just can sort of stunt your growth a little bit. So mm. I'm happy that I'm happy that I started smoking later in Wait. life. So, I can yeah. so that's the only thing I say about weed. Like what I would tell my I would be hypocritical not to let my kids smoke weed and stuff. But what I would try to advise them is that if you're going to use it as a habit, start later in life so that it gives you time to fully develop, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so from coming from that perspective, if. Find out if he, maybe, maybe, maybe he's been smoking weed. Mm, that's true. You know, maybe he quit hard drugs and was just like, you know what? I'm just going <coughs> to use some weed, maybe some gummies for my anxiety, something here or there. Because I don't, I think the whole thing about a gateway and the slippery slope is is true. Like sometimes people, they'll, they'll smoke some weed and then they'll go back to doing coke and then they'll go to the heavier stuff and then they'll do mm-hmm. this. So that's definitely a concern. You know him better because if he was using hard drugs for a long time, he probably wasn't a weed guy because most people that are hardcore like that don't really smoke a lot of weed. They just stick to their stuff. So maybe weed isn't a trigger. So find out if it's been the only time. If he's been doing it and it's been helping his sobriety, Mm -hmm. then there's a chance that it's not that big of a deal, especially if you're like a California hober and they can sort of do that. If you're concerned or if you know that that usually leads into something else, then just be like, hey, listen, uh, I saw this. Do you want to talk about it? And if he, and then just sort of see how he reacts. And then um, the main thing is that they're still working whatever program they use to get off of the drugs in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, so have they been lagging and not going to as many meetings? Have they been showing any other signs? Just kind of evaluate the whole situation. Don't just take it the, because like I said, uh, you know, it could be a thing where maybe it helps and he was in a celebration and it didn't go any further. And if it was a month ago and you just barely saw it and you haven't noticed any differences, then it could have been one of two things. He could have just sort of been smoking once in a while to help himself out and just didn't want to bother you with it, which, again, not the not the greatest thing. Yeah, because that means he's been lying to you or keeping something from you. But number two, maybe he's California sober. So that's where that's where I would go. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I think the for sure thing is that it has to be a conversation. Um, if he was getting off of hard drugs and he's doing a a program and you found weed, um, yeah, same thing. I feel like, I feel like, you know, not, not to belittle just like that weed isn't like a real drug or something like that. It is, it is. And it is a slippery slope and stuff like that. I, I get it. But like, if he went from hard drugs to weed, to me, it's like a demotion, um, so make sure that like Lou said, just talk to him, say, I found this and, and make sure that he's still at least on the right path. Um, yeah. And work with him. I mean, yeah, I feel like I'd be a lot more worried if it was like a hard drug that I found or something like that, but not to say that, not to say that, you know, he's out of the woods and he, you know, you should not be worried. Definitely check in and see how he reacts. Yeah. Do that. Keep us updated. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. See if if he got canceled. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. This next question comes to us from Hookup Vandal. What's up, Hookup Vandal? Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, I might have hooked up with a distant cousin. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, 
All right. What's up with a cousin talk today? Uh, I there was a big family reunion last month, and after the dinner, a bunch of us cousins went out to a bar. One of my girl cousins saw some other girls there that I thought she just knew, and she invited them to. And then they came and sat with us after she invited them to our table. All right, sorry, this was a little confusing. Okay. Um, one of the girls and I hit it off. And many shots of tequila later, we were outside smoking the cigarette and started making out heavily. All right. Uh-huh. Oh, no, this was in front of everyone. Oh, no. All right. Yeah. Cut to the next morning at the park for a big family picnic event. And I see her there wearing a shirt with my family's name on it. Oh, no. One of those things. We sort of looked at each other and uh, kept apart for the rest of the day. It was a fun makeout session. What do I do? Um, holy run shit. away. Well, run away. Yeah, run away. Change your name. I don't know. Um, well, first of all, the people that you were with, if they were your cousins, they should have told you. Mm. Right? Because he said we all the cousins went out and then they invited other people and... Why didn't they tell you? No one well, told you. Well, I mean, you if you go if, if you go out with your cousins and it's their town and they're like, hey, come over and sit with us. And you might think, oh, these are just friends that my cousins know. I can see how that's an yeah, assumption. Yeah, but you would yeah. think when they're making out, a cousin would be like, hey, bud. So, by the way, yeah. we, sh- I sh- we should have introduced you probably. Sure, but you're, this is, this that's is like family. Your, this is like your third cousin from this, you know, from across the country. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, the most embarrassing part because I think we've gotten a submission sort of like this, but the fa- the but it wasn't until like it was separate. It wasn't it wasn't they didn't go out on a night out with the cousins. So yeah. I think for me the most embarrassing part is the fact that there's a group of family members that know that y'all made out. Well, yeah, At they, didn't that stay, they didn't stay where they, they saw them. They said they were outside smoking a cigarette, so they could have gone off by themselves. They could have not seen. Okay, they could have, yeah, because I feel like like if I was there and I saw my cousin starting to make, I'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, on, I'd be minute. like, guys, guys. Or even if I started seeing them flirting with a bit with each other, like if mm-hmm. I saw them like pairing off or something, exactly. I would be like, I'd be be like, like hey, by the way, uh, by the way, you guys are related. FYI, yeah, just letting just you know. So, just so yeah. we're on the same page on this, you guys can go it, do what you want, but I just want I you feel, to know. Especially yeah. Latino families, it's there. There's so many people on big reunions that, like, pe- I feel like people are good about this. Usually, like, that's your cousin, like, that's your, you know. So that's, but okay, okay, devil's Thanks. advocate. No one saw you flirting. No one saw you no making one saw out. You making out, and then you see each other the next day. Just keep it. To Never happened. Keep it to yourself. Take it to your grave. Never happened. Never that's make it. out again. Don't, you just don't even talk be to them. thankful just, that you didn't go any further yeah because this could have been way worse i was waiting for it i was like i'm glad it was uh, just making out it was just a makeout session Woo, bendito. that's fine you you dodged, you dodged the bullet there dodged the bullet. yeah so i would say just take, yeah take, take it to your grave. brain like like yeah you saw her at the carnesada the next day they didn't even say if they were Latino anyway, but I'm just saying like we're you know, assuming. Like, yeah, we're assuming, but they're like you know they saw him at the family barbecue the next day. It was like, hey, we had dinner, and the next day you're coming out yeah. for an event, the cookout, whatever, and you're like, oh, hey, you were from the bar. Last oh, night. same oh, shirt. You, you too. Wow. Oh, wow. Hernandez family reunion 2023. Me too. <laughs> oh, great, man. Oh man, this is here's your a here, movie. here's your here's your gumback. <laughs> That's disgusting. 
This is to be in a movie. Yeah, just just take it to the grave. You know, take no harm, no grave. foul. Yeah, no babies were made. We're good. Yeah, you're good. You're right. All right. Thank you for both you of for these submitting. creepy submissions this week, people. Great way to end it. <laughs> Look, it was a full show. We had a really good conversation with Alex. Um, it was a really fun talk about film. He even asked us some questions. It was a great convo. Yep. We had a family reunion of sorts. Uh, yeah, and... Ending it on a family reunion. See, this is Ending on a family Full reunion. Um, we had Hellscape Watch. We talked about a lot of cool stories. Good show today, Sophia. Fucking good show. You guys, this is a pretty good podcast. I don't know if you knew. This is no, actually. And if you good. have uh, hung out with us thus far, make sure you, if you're listening somewhere on the audio-only version, you live a like, leave a rating. Make sure you're following across all platforms. Yes. At me, hint the show everywhere, literally. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Give us a like, a comment. It all helps. Anywhere that the media is social. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is everywhere. Which is everywhere. Except for truth. We're not on truth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, Truth social. We're not on truth. We should. We should. Just have a a, a truth social. Yeah, just trigger a bunch of snowflakes. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday. Probably be our last show for a couple of weeks. Uh, And no, we uh, have the bye bye. The bye bye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have two more. Yeah, two more shows before we go on 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 hiatus Thursday, and then Monday we'll have a bye bye show for Sophia and a birthday show for myself. Yeah. Um, But until then, this is Lou Martinez, Big Chief Burrito, and Sophia Carr underscore anywhere you can also find us anywhere. Thank you for hanging out with us. We love you. Bye, bye. Hasta luego. Cuatro años de escuela de cinematografía para esto.